welcome to the Prime Talk with your hosts, Dan and James. Welcome to Grog Talk, episode 19. 19, Dan, what do you think about that? I'm pretty excited that oh. we made it this far. Well, that's right. They, they, who, who had us never getting to 20? Well, we'll see. Well, the over-under <laughs> on the... That's going to be the final one, though, That's gentlemen. right. That's right. <laughs> this is it. Victor says burning down the podcast. The over-under, I think, was, was one. Oh, that's right. On how many podcasts we would do. So we've beaten the over-under. We've gone above that. Well, we have. And uh, because we're, you know, so popular now, we have hit uh, within the top hundreds of... Wait, hun- hundreds? of Swedish... Not hundreds. Gaming podcasts. Hundreds. hundreds. Yeah, yeah, are you going to be able to pull up the stats before... I- I'll pull them up later. But uh, because of that, we've been able to draw a lot of attention and folks who want to get on the show and talk to us about Dungeons and Dragons. And so uh, we have another small little figure. I'm going to right here in the middle, right here, for those who are watching the live stream. Uh, we have Vic Dorso. So, Dan, why don't you introduce Vic, as you are the one who uh, introduced him to me. Um, kind of give him your understanding and then let Vic talk about himself. Okay, yeah. So it's great to have Vic Dorso today on the podcast. Vic is the founder of the Twin Cities Old School Gaming Society. And Vic runs a very successful first edition group in Minneapolis. I think you and him have something in common. You run a game that has double digit players. Oh, wow. Uh, and Vic is also a, a, he's a mainstay at conventions. He DMs at, at, at a lot of conventions. He, he DMs at GaryCon frequently. Uh, he's been very nice and come down and actually come to Orlando to DM a game for us. And so, uh, Vic, it's a pleasure to have you to the podcast. Thanks for coming. Thank you, gentlemen. Or right. should I use that term loosely? Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, you've, oh you've, you've seen the podcast. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you've seen some of the prior episodes. So, so, Vic, so, Vic, why don't you tell us how you got in the hobby and uh, you know, what okay. you're doing now. 1978 or 79, my mother gave me the player's handbook, the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Player's Handbook, and it all took off from there. Those cold winter nights in North Dakota, and uh, a couple friends, and you're sitting around uh, all weekend long playing Dungeons and Dragons. So I've got, I've got to stop, Vic, right there, because this is a, your mind, okay, usually I think when we hear that people started playing the game. Yeah. You know, you, so you're sitting at, at lunch, and you hear somebody rolling some dice, and you say, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm killing a giant rat. And you're like, wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. I've never heard anyone say before that they got into Dungeons & Dragons. It's happening now, but, but back in the day, because their mom gave them the book. How, how was it that your mom... My mom Dungeons. is a my mom is a very uh, what do you call it a bibliophile. She reads a lot. I mean, she's probably got six thousand books in her collection or something. And she must have just been in the store, found it, read through it, and said, "Oh, this is fine. I'll give this to my oldest son, and maybe he'll have something better to do than sit around the house and beat on his brothers." <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. And, and 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 the blatant Satanism didn't bother her. No. No, my mom lived through the satanic panic pretty easily. 
And, and, and so when you're given this player's handbook, so you didn't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. So I'm like assuming. similar to this one, right on the yep. screen, right? Okay. Yep. Was did you know anyone else who was playing the game at that time? Uh, my one friend Paul Newsom. I showed him the book. He saw it and said, "Oh my God!" And, and suddenly we're reading the book uh, cover to cover, learning everything we possibly can, and started playing the game. So how? So, did how did you learn to play? Because, you know, so I've talked about this before on the podcast. A lot of us it was came... okay, self-taught. It was all self-taught, you know? Because it, it seems like it would be a difficult concept to wrap your brain around. You know, for so many of us, it was so different role-playing. You know, we'd never seen anything like it. I would have thought you would have been stumbling around a bit at first, trying to figure out how... What, what, didn't you ask, where's the game board? No. No? We... We got that. We got the. Uh, I think it was Paul's dad, or was it mine? I don't know. We found some graphic sheet, and we just followed what Gary had put in the back of the book and the DMG. Eventually, and we followed that, and we're just like, oh, we're gonna make our own dungeons, and then we started buying modules, and it was like, hey, we're off to the races here, you know? Who was who? Who DM'd first? Uh, Paul Newsom did. Okay, so do you remember your first character? Uh, Aragorn. Aragorn. Well, that's very... <laughs> Who was a gnome illusionist. <laughs> no, he was a fighter, and he died a very quick death. I think it was like in the third session. He he bit the dust. So. Third, third <laughs> set. He made three sessions. Wow. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Guys. That's, I don't guys, remember what he yeah. got killed by, but he made it to the third session and died. Probably a goblin or something. You know? <laughs> and, and when did you start DMing? Because that's what uh, you're known for now, of course, is is as a DM. I didn't really start hard DMing until um, I would say about 15 years ago, and then in the last three or four, that's when I've really hit my stride in DMing and stuff. So, so you didn't you didn't DM back in the back in the day? Well, I did. I did. You know, a couple sessions here and there, but it wasn't like. A lot. My creative genius didn't get sparked until later in life, you know. Okay. Um, so, Vic, you know, I've had the fortune uh, late last year, you all came down uh, uh, on vacation and you said you'd run a game for us. And, and we knew you were our kind of, I knew you were our kind of people when you drove probably, what, two hours to DM for us you, from where you were vacationing? Yep. And, uh, you know, had, we had a, a whole bunch of people come. It was a great adventure, really old school. So um, have you primarily played first and second edition? You haven't played any other games? or, or I have you... not played any other editions. The games I played when I was living in Fargo were first edition Dungeons & Dragons, Top Secret, and Boot Hill are nice. the ones that we had. And then now I'm starting to get into the Avalon Hill games and stuff like that. Oh, so okay. You're going backwards. That's where I started. Yeah, Avalon, well, Avalon Hill games, yeah. And then at the conventions, I'll, sometimes I'll sit in on a uh, Dungeon Crawl Classic game or a um, uh, Castles and Crusades game. And uh, I, I'm trying to get a... I'm trying to figure out a date right now. I'm trying to sit in with Dave Wesley and those guys from the original Dave Arnson group so I can go play a couple games with those. And they, they hook up here in Minneapolis on Wednesday nights. So it's it's just finding time with business and everything else going on in life just to get in over there, you know. So um, just for people who don't 
you know, because again, I, you'd hope a lot of people know the history, but you know, quite frankly, up until a few years ago, I really didn't know some of the background. But Dave Arneson's from, you know, Minneapolis. That's yep. kind of that's kind of the background. And Dave Arneson is, you know, the co-founder of our hobby. Um, you know, and you read some of the history now because the game has been going on. Uh, that how Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson, you know, they had two separate groups, but yet they cross-pollinated and one moved to the other. So, you know, Vic is has now continued that legacy of tying in the original to where you are today. So that's really fascinating how, um, you know, it's it's two set, two degrees from the original or one, set, one degree from the original game that we all love. So just for those who may not know the history and mm-hmm. the other connection to Dave Arneson is that he moved, uh, do you know when he came down here? I do, I do not. Um, so he lived in the Orlando area until he passed, right? He Correct. lived here. That's my understanding. Yeah. yeah so, so, he, oh. Gentlemen, he, he moved back to Minneapolis one year before he died. He had a oh, okay. uh, terminal cancer, and then he moved back to the Minnesota, gamed with his friends until his death. Oh, okay. Very good. Yeah. See, that's uh, stuff we didn't know. But uh, so there's the connection with that. Uh, so so you you've pretty much first edition, second edition, again, um, kind of a up to the golden age of role-playing. So when you think about old-school gaming, and I know a lot of people have probably asked you this, what what typifies an old-school game versus a, a modern game from your understanding, Vic? Uh, my, here's my problem with the newer games, is that, uh, like, um, first edition, how much sex was in there? You know, I mean, this new 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 generation, this fifth generation. I mean, they play these emphases on, um, uh-huh. what do you want to call it? genders and everything else. And I I see no value in this in the game itself. You know, I mean, sure, in first edition we joke around a little bit, but we don't. There's no focus on it. There was never anything inside of Gary's game that focused on for on that kind of stuff, and. Um, what really angers me is watching the fifth edition and stuff. You see, you know, oh, we got dwarf wizards. We've got uh, dwarf barbarians and things like this. And it's just like, where is this gone? You could be anything and everything. And it's, it. I think it just, I think it takes away from the original concept of Everybody had its purpose, you know, a gnome illusionist, you know, they were the best illusionist or a halfling thief or a you know, dwarf, you know, fighter and stuff like that, you know, or an elven ranger. I just I think that, that it's taken this this concept of of all these different classes and races and say you can be anything and everything you want to be at thrown it in a bag and sort of like the Star Wars movies, the new Star Wars movies, shake it up and throw it on a table and, hey, that's what your plot and everything else is. So, <laughs> as well, you can see, I'm not a fifth edition player. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's kind of why, you know, we're, we're, that's kind of the old definition of a grognard is that, right, you're, uh, you like what you've learned and you don't see anything reason why to move on from that because of the game was fine as it was. And in some ways, you know, first edition, to your point, uh, you know, the original D&D had it was and it's formative. There were a lot of things going on with it. And first edition, when it got codified in the books, had a style and a, and a setting that, uh, you know, was the basis for everything that we now talk about, whether it's in games and fantasy. Um, 
And also, you know, what we've, we've mentioned a couple times, the style of first edition, is that it, while it had a lot of rules and uh, a framework, there was still some more freedom. You didn't have a dice check for everything. You, you as the dungeon master could adjudicate things just by saying, yeah, you did it or no, you didn't do it. And, mm -hmm. and of course, as we experienced in your game and I've experienced in Dan's game, uh, mortality with players is something you should expect. It should not be this rare occasion uh, because it's not as story driven. So uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about uh, this trend towards story driven. You know, I think the one that reminded me the most was Dragonlance and then uh, Ravenloft where, uh, you know, you had this kind of events that drove towards an ending, whereas older modules, it just had an area, you kind of had to figure it out uh, thing. So what's your take on that? Right. And, and you know, in my game here in Minnesota, what I do is I go through the with the players, I give them uh, their social status, how many kids, what kid they are in the social line, their parents are married, what their... Uh, beginning uh what do you call that uh dan uh, you guys covered it a while ago here their their career before they became oh, yeah. a fighter secondary yep and and i go from there and i say here's your information create your background and as you know my better half genie who came and played with you guys one of her characters she rolled a 99 on the social status table so <laughs> she's a verified princess and so i've used those as a plot driven line like oh so you're a princess who's a druid who's ran away from home while your parents have sent people to come get you you know and and i've used this to drive you know plot lines and everything else but i'm not don't make it a mainstay i use and and gary sort of did it himself with the world of greyhawk and i'm a great i'm a greyhawk grognard he made the story up of what's happening and inside of Griok. And I try to fit my characters and my, my group into this um, plot line that he's, he's created. Like we're right now, my people are in Geoff and oh, yeah. it's just now starting. They're in the G series. They've done G one oh. and now they're fumbling around right now. And they've made some people angry and, <laughs> And I've got all kinds of little, I've got all kinds of little stuff coming in on them so that if they want to go one way, I've got something already developed. If they want to go another way, I've got something developed. I don't, I don't follow a book like the fifth edition. You know, they've got this story driven. They read the pages and they keep going through it. And, and I want my characters to have more freedom. I don't see the freedom in fifth edition as I do as in first edition you want to go there fine let's go you're going to hex crawl all the way across the map of greyhawk to get there but you're doing it you know and i don't pull punches as dan knows and you guys know when we were you guys played my module blood at red blood red falls it's you know if you're dead you're dead you know here it's coming <laughs> right yeah you know? if, you, if you thought you're playing for four hours and you die in the first hour go get some snacks and Wait yeah. for the next session. Yeah, yeah. right. You, you know that—that's the only—the only difficulty I have with the high mortality rate in first edition. And you know, I mean, I'm like Vic. I—I I don't pull any punches. If, right. if the dice kill you, you're gone. Is what happens when? So players, I think, love to roll up a character, 
and they like to identify with the character and like to develop the character. So, so let's say in either one of y'all's uh, campaigns, if there's a character death, so like let's move over this way. He can't see you. Let's just say, <laughs> let's just say. There you go. We're let's, friends. Let let's just let's just say hypothetically, yeah. Jeannie, her mm -hmm. character Vic, killed her character. So let's say I don't know, maybe even twice. In a, in a month, two of her characters in a month, hypothetically. Right. Now, if you're, let's say, let's say you have a beloved, <laughs> let's just say you happen to have hypothetically like a beloved seventh level ranger yeah. Amazon character who's killed, right. hypothetically. What do you do then? So, so would you re-roll? Do you start at sixth level? Do you start at seventh level? Right. Because now you don't have that connection. So, you haven't grown up, so to speak. So what, I'm, so what I'm hearing, Dan, is just, so you have this situation, again, uh, Vic has the unique thing of, uh, of playing with his significant other. His, and, which is, know, which, we which, need to talk a lot about yeah, that. I, I, that, alone, <laughs> that alone comes with some real risk, right. doesn't it? I mean, so, we are not, we are not. Right. some cold rides home. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. You know, you've got the dice roll. Cold Minnesota That's right. ride home. Colder than it. Cold. <laughs> a cold walk home. Like negative 20 degrees outside, but yeah. inside that car, you are absolute yeah. zero. Now, but, but, but now you know why Vic drives to the games. That's right, Brown. <laughs> he holds on to the keys. Was it Brown Mold's got nothing on him, sucks all the heat out of it. Um, so, that, I mean, that brings up a couple of things. Do you roll all your dice? I don't, I don't remember when we played. Do you roll all your dice out in the open? Oh, yeah. Okay, I, so a lot of my, except for... Remember when I was playing with you guys, I went around the table. I like going around the table and playing my sessions. It's like, um, I'll roll my dice to attack, and then I'll go, oh, well, it's time to determine your fate. If I get a 20, I get out my critical hit dice, and I point at somebody and say, your character was hit with a critical hit, roll the green die. You oh, yeah, yeah. Fate, you know. Uh, I don't think Dan did it in that game that we played down there, but you guys have seen those. I don't know if I, I might have those dice right here. I, might be able I, to I remember. One. I remember now that you recall because I my only task in that game was when I was going to cast teleport to escape and not die. That was my whole. <laughs> and I worked you. As a matter of fact, I worked that plot into the Keep of Blood Red Falls when I was at Gary Con this year. Oh, thank uh, you. That, that I worked that in that you were, you teleported back and you were hauled out in front of everybody to give information to the, to the next group on what right. you need, what, what, what happened there. Yeah. Was, was, was his character then drawn in quarter for cowardice? Why, Why would that happen? Um, for cowardice. He was brought out in Leaving. shackles because he was a coward. Nope. <laughs> the, D, the DM has spoken. A hero dies once, a coward dies a thousand times, but he remembers every time, which I'm okay yeah. with. I'm still alive. My character is somewhere. Yes. Yeah. As, as you know, it. these dice, Dan, your favorite. Right. Yes. My, ah. my new pop of game, Critical Hit put it, dice. Put it away. Yeah. Put them down. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Ah. Hey, ah. Host. Ah. You can't do many that. A, exactly. Many a character has, has, has decided that, oh, yeah, I'm going to just run into a room. Oh, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> well, this is. Quick. Okay, and just. So Vic just mentioned many a character has said just going to run in a room. This right. is a good time, I think, to bring up something that Ernie Gygax mentioned, right, just the other day on a yep. thread that, that you and I were, were involved in. He said, we were talking about Jim Ward adventures, because Jim Ward, James Ward, right, famously wrote Thetis and Demigods, and I think is famous for his, as well, his high mortality rate mm -hmm. in adventures. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, Ernie Gygax said, quote, I've never been killed yet in a game with Jim, but I've watched many others pass. One must not be too impulsive and be ready to take some time to investigate. I'm a hack and slash gamer mainly, but I do that with good intel and some common sense. Also, always striving to have a retreat option when the chips are down. So uh, do you think that's a fair analysis of how one should approach a, a 1E adventure, Vic? Oh yes. I, I, if you if you were gonna if you were a hack and slash gamer, one e is not for you. If you're just gonna sit there and just hack and slash your way into something, you're a fool in one e. One e is is use some intelligence. I think you got to You got to really sit there and go. All right, uh, we're trapped here, like on on the Keep of Blood Red Falls. You've got an army of a thousand men sitting around you. Sure, you could get out of this. Uh, this this adventure easily by just getting in a boat and floating down the river and you're done. You know, I mean, so long a six hour game session, you're done in twenty minutes. Or you know, my plot driven line is you go over to the keep and you try to work your way up to find uh, Chief Bloodaxe. And you you both have been through this, you know. And I've had gamers go in there and just start hacking and slashing. I turn around and I sound the alarm bells and and game is over within the hour. Then I've had others like you, Dan, where you've went all the way up and you've gotten that close. (laughs) We were at, at, at the first time I went through Blood Red Falls and I sat next to to Jeannie, your significant other. And we, we did get kind of close. If I recall correctly, Jeannie's character made it to the uh, the bad guy, the big bad. And mm-hmm. I think it was trying, it was maybe trying a backstab or something. I mean, it didn't go well, uh, yeah. but at least got there, <laughs> which is, I think, I think when they, when, if I recall correctly, this last time at Gary Khan, I remember our group was, we, we were all, there's a bunch of us. You, that's something, and I, I talked about this at the beginning, both you and James run really large groups, which um, I think is pretty impressive to pull off. I've tried it, I know it's not easy. But we had, I think, 10, and you were very kind because you allowed in uh, my friend Joe to play, and so it brought the number to 11, I think. And there was 11 of us, and we were, I don't know what we cast, like, you know, uh, silence, 15-foot ray darkness, uh, 15-foot ray. So so in a 15-foot radius, there's 11 of us all just sort of moving slowly (laughs) (laughs) across, you know, across the top of the keep, trying to avoid, you know, being detected, and uh, it didn't go so well. Well... And there's rules, you know, I sort of bent the rules in your guys' favor, too, because when you're crossing the top of that bridge there, and those guys are sitting uh, behind the battlements, their AC, if you look inside the Dungeon Master Guides, is effectively negative six, you know, or something like that. If they're fully behind that cover, you're AC negative ten. So I... (laughs) Now, I bet the rules a little bit for you guys to at least have a chance to get across. You know? <laughs> now, now this is this is one thing that I've learned from Vic's games. Mm-hmm. When Vic brings out a big tub of candy yeah. and throws that candy on the table, it's not a good thing. It's right. not like Halloween, like, oh, thank you, Vic. I pre-. No, don't touch the candy. Yeah. These are all baddies. Oh, little bad guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So. Well, and I think that was interesting, you know, when I, when we played, I think the challenge is, it is, it's a, I don't think it's unfair. I think it's in some ways, uh, and without giving spoilers, it's, it's a very Kobayashi Maru kind of thing. I think you will reward good play. I think you punish poor play. Um, the challenge, I think in a tournament, and this is kind of why 
I want to ask you about the module, you know, blah, 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 and did you build it for a tournament? Did you build it for your home game and then export it? Because um, what I've experienced, you know, unlike a weekly group or every group where eventually people learn their roles, either the hard way or the, the, the easy way. The hard way is they listen to the experienced players, and if they don't, bad things happen, and then, you know, they get the social norming of, don't ever do that again. We had one character who was, you know, tr they were in a keep, and he decided he's going to put a glyph awarding on the keep. Well, they got out, but then no, they, some of them couldn't get back in because the cleric wasn't there. And so they, they, they fixed that kind of player behavior. So did you write that, the module that we went through uh, as a tournament game? And do you factor in the, the thing of you've got typically six, ten strangers who are not going to be as cohesive as your weekly group? Well, all right. I read a lot of military science, military fiction, mil science fiction, and stuff like this. And when I was designing the Keep at Blood Red Falls, I was like, all right, first things first, I, I use the element of um, there's a science article in Nature or something like that about the, the Blood Red Falls of Antarctica. It's like, oh, wonderful. I can use this in Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah. little reality comes out, and I say, all right, now how do... How do I incorporate this in? And then, you know, the blood red falls in Antarctica are because of uh, iron ore deposits in the in the water. And that's why it comes out blood red. And I said, oh, now this could be good. The yeah. You know, and I was like, all right, I got to think of something a little different. So I said, I'm going to use gnomes as the first people who own this keep, you know. And, of course, Dan was all for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know Dan at the time. So I just started writing it. And then and I, I was like, you know, one of the my biggest P's of Dungeons and Dragons is I get these guys that do the hack and slash. Hack and slash gamers. They just they just walk in and they think they can just clean out a keep in two seconds flat. They, they just think all day long they're just gonna keep busting down doors and it's gonna be oh, yeah, I'm just going to bust down these doors and I'm going to walk through this keep and I'm going to be able to defeat everybody. And I'm 8th level or ninth level or 10th level. And I thought, you know what? It's one of those modules I got to teach these guys who think they're all powerful a lesson. And it doesn't, you know, a first level or even a goblin can kill a 10th level character, you know? And so I'm putting this all together, and I'm like, how am I going to make this work right? And of course, exploration of the Fiend Folio and Monster Manual 2 gives you more. You know, if you're reading through it, it's like, oh, hey, Spriggans, they hate gnomes. So, I mean, the whole plot line started to come together, and I'm like, all right, here we go. I got a plot. Now how do I get this to be, instead of a hack and slash, into something more? And you guys, you guys, Dan, you've been through it three times. Yeah, fourth time's a charm, though. I, <laughs> my, my friend, my, my good friend Edward has, a, has an idea, and it's, I know it can work. But I'm not going to tell you what it is, because just as the DM shouldn't tip off the players, I don't want to tip off the DM. But it's, it's, it's pretty brilliant. It's, it's going to take, the, the DM is going to have to be amenable to some things, but uh, I, I think it can work. So... Uh, yeah. You're just going to join the keep? You're just going to be... I can't disclose that. Well, I think that I would be... I would just join the army, and, and when you have to take your yeah. allegiance swear with uh, the chief, you, you, well, you would just do it, and then just you, you'd see the chief, at least. But you and would, this is, this I like is, it. 
Yeah, this is what this this is what I so for people who listen to this, it's possible, right? Uh, yes, it is possible that someone will listen to this. Okay, person, you, you gamer, out there listening to this. Well, it could be David. He's in Australia. Hi, right? yo, David. Yes. Oh, yes. He's our. Um, he's. Our, is it? What is he? He's, he's a, a viceroy. viceroy? He's, he's a viceroy a... of Grog. Yeah. Grog are you aware of this? I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, I watched the last episode. Yeah, David Thompson is our viceroy in Australia. So okay, so. It, it, for any player who's planning on going to GaryCon, sign up for Vic's game. But what you have to do is you got to think outside the box. Right. You got, but now this is challenging, Vic, because you have ten players in the game, and I don't That's know if this as many as was it sixteen at one wow. game. Yeah. So, okay. Is this is this? Your, I want to know. Is this your cruel joke? So in other words, people say, "Oh, what a nice guy. Vic." He'll game with 16 players. Right. There's room for everyone. The party, you know, it's open door policy for this party. What a nice guy. But, you know, for a, a, an adventure like the Keep It Blood Red Falls, if you got to think outside the box to win, you now need to coordinate yeah. with a lot of players. Right. And that's very, you know, one of the problems, I think, in the game is that it's like herding cats. The party's going through. And someone's wandering off, checking a door, and you know the next thing you know, a whistle's going off, and and so, I th I think I think you know, uh, I I think it needs like two players, two players. You know? Well, I think there's an optimal, and I think that works. First of all, the fact that if if Vic has run for sixteen players, he's made up. You have sixteen pre-gen characters for this. Oh, yeah. I have over he does. thirty on right. the Angry Dwarf, uh, Angry Dwarf. Uh, Facebook page. There's okay. three for thirty pre-made characters up there that oh. anybody can download at any time. That's first, also... first sign number one that you're getting into the wrong game. If he has, oh, I, I don't just have eight for six. I have thirty because I just just in case you want to keep playing, we have lots of characters. Yeah. So yeah, that's and there's great. other there's other clues too because uh -huh. you think he's trying to trick you is what he's doing. He throws he comes in. And he just he throws these characters on the table. They're flying right. everywhere. They're thirty. They're like you know you're picking them up. And you start looking at these characters, and you're like, holy mackerel, this guy's got like 61 hit points right. and like a minus one arm. This is incredible. And then yeah. the guy next to you is like, you think that guy's good? Right. This guy's got a negative three armor class. Right. And, and, and you're lulled into this. He, he is inviting. See, Vic comes on here, and he's like, oh, why does everyone go hack and slash? But what Vic doesn't tell you is he's trying, he's trying to lull you. Right. He's Ro trying to keep into going yeah. hack and slash, right? right? Yeah. He, he makes him badass. So then... Right, he's making, he's not giving you this first level gnome illusionist. Right. Then I'd be like, well, we can't go hack and slash. We gotta think outside the box here. Right, right. You know? That's true. And 16, if we had 16 players, we'd be like... 16 <laughs> players, you an average of like 50 hit points, an average of AC zero. He's yeah. inviting you to go. Right. It's just, like, uh, it's just like it's just like command, not commando, uh, predator. Where the you know there's the delta force. They go in and they're just like, yeah, we got this. Just, and and then slowly they I like, realize. I like I like the infiltration idea. Okay, I yeah. like that. Okay, I'm going to mention what Edward's idea is. So okay, uh, because I think I'm that, not listening. No, no, it's okay. Look, well, Vic, Vic, okay. Vic, Vic is a stand-up guy. This is this is, this was Edward's idea, and actually, this should reward anyone for actually listening to this. Show right podcast part of the the only way you're gonna get through it and and first before you say it so Vic has any how many times you've run the game in a tournament setting or in a convention setting at this point seventeen or eighteen wow okay 
Uh, have, have you made any significant changes since the time you first te tested it till now? The only person that helped me with this and edited so far was Ernie Gygax. So okay. he made a he made one little suggestion. I incorporated it in. I also dropped in your character, who is his, uh, who is on the, one of the sessions decided to. Oh, I'm out of here. I'm going back to the um, the. The gnome where you started out at yeah. because the, uh, the, you teleported the out. That was the did. coward. Yeah, the coward. Right. The coward magic user. He's That's... he's back. He's in there. And then uh, your character Dan, who was uh, uh, surrendered. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 You see, I did not surrender. No. No. Look. See, this is so. So, so Vic says you can't go hack and slash, mm. but then take somebody like myself who tries to go all stealthy. So we kill the female orc cook. And I'm like, look, I'm going to think outside the box. <laughs> I've been through this adventure before. I know you got to play it stealthy. So I put on the apron, yeah. and I try to play like I'm a cook. But Vic's not having any of that. See, I thought this was brilliant. I tried to infiltrate right. by being a cook. Right. But all it ends up happening is I'm captured and tortured. and You're, I, mi you're, mi you're being mined and mining, if yeah, I remember correctly. I, well, I, I, sur I survived. <laughs> you know, interestingly, both our characters did survive. Right. We're well, players, because right? we're... it's it's. You know, on the continuum of hack and slash, to we're, we're kind of in the middle. We didn't meet the goal, but we also didn't just die uh, ignominious, ignominiously. ignominiously. Well, you know, and I was a half orc, so I thought I could pull this off. No. But you know, I dropped into, I fell into a boat, I think, yeah. or no, I fell in the water, and I'm right. like, hey, pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta. I'm like, I've had quite a few characters decide to do the swan dive after 75 feet off the 75 feet off the top of the keep into hey. the river, and I'm just like, oh, well, let's do some damage. <laughs> but but how many have you had? And hat tip to Edward, my friend, who's at Garycon one, cast an insect swarm or plague, whatever, on the way out. That's what I did in the uh, in yeah. the keep. And oh. I've had all kinds of guys do some crazy stuff. I mean, I've had, I mean, I've had them do fireballs, lightning bolts, and I'm just, I mean, hey, let's just, let's just make a, a signal fire for everybody across the river. <laughs> well, here, here, here is, so Edward's idea is the following, and Vic, you tell me if you think this would work, would you be amenable to it? Right, I'll but give Edward, you a one to ten on this. One to ten, I'll give you my... Oh, I like this. I like this. You know what I thought we should do? Thanks for reminding me of this. I think at the end of each episode, we should roll a die ten to see how we did. Oh, just a die ten or percentages? <laughs> just one die ten? Well, yeah, I think die ten. Rated from one to ten? Right. One being bad or one being good? One being bad. Okay, ten, ten being, being the best. We'll okay. roll at the end. So we're basically doing an uh, internal customer survey. Right, okay. exactly. Nice. So... But it should be random, like, yeah, like, like anything it. else in D&D. So what Edward says is, you know, we have these amazing magic guys. Look, there's no urgency to kill the big bad. He's been there for how long? A year or two. Okay, exactly. So what we do is we take all of our magic items. And look, this is a one-off, right? So we don't right. care no, about no, these No, 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 no. I've made the Mines of Blood Red Falls, and I've also got another module behind that called the Sands at Blood Red Falls. Okay, fair, fair <laughs> enough. But if I'm at a convention, and I don't know that I'm playing this, all I can, and, and I've been told that the players are 0 for 17 or 18. All I want to do is end, right. The, right? It's just very Kobayashi Maru what he came up with. <laughs> so like if you're, if you're the 70, I don't know what that means. Kobayashi Maru? You don't know the Kobayashi? Star Trek. Kobayashi Maru. No. James T. Kirk, when he was in uh, Training Academy, Starfleet Academy, he rigged the computers to win. 
It's an, un, it's an unwinnable test. Oh. It was, it, it, every other cadet failed. He was the only one at the time who'd ever beaten it, and basically by cheating or doing a something. A little bit like, uh, what was it, Alexander the Great supposedly yeah, cuts cut the, the Gordian uh, knot. knot. That's right. right? Yeah. So instead of following the primrose path of your destruction or becoming a coward, uh, I, I remember this now because I remember you telling this. But go ahead. Yeah. Well, when I Star Trek, I stopped watching after Pike died. I was like, Wow. I mean, <laughs> you really? Who's this Kirk dude? I mean, Pike's <laughs> gone. <laughs> like, seriously, did wow. it did it continue on? Yes. Because I didn't think it would really be successful. Not too with that long. Shatner dude. Well, it didn't oh. last much longer. I didn't to think be it perfectly, would. Perfectly honest, but it was sixty no, that's episodes. No, true. It didn't. It, it got yeah. popular yeah. later. Right. Yeah. After it got the popular fact. decades later. So. So. so Look, I don't care about your sequels. When I'm at a con, hey, look, if I'm the 76 bucks and I've lost 26 games in a row, or 77 bucks and I've lost 26 games in a row, mm -hmm. I don't care about if, if I'm going to use a, playing my players too hard in this one game. I want to win. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to sell all of our magic items. And I know we've got really good magic items because I've seen oh, yeah. this, right? Right. Right. We're probably pretty wealthy too, right? Come on, let's right. face it. All right. We'll take all, sell all those magic items, take all of our gold, pool it all together, and hire one. Oh, we're going to keep the Ring of Invisibility and okay. hire one, the highest level assassin. What's happening here? <laughs> I know that. Oh, the assassin table. <laughs> yes. The, high, the highest level assassin. And we're sending the assassins in. Right. Now, let's say at a convention, we had proposed that. Would you have permitted us to go down that road? That's right. He wouldn't have made it. Really? But would you really? have permitted us to do it? This would have, you wouldn't even give him a role? Wow. Nope, he wouldn't even made no, it. No, he said he could give us kill. a chance. Really? I guess really? he can't tell us. All right, so it's a good thing we didn't. That would have been embarrassing. I'm glad I brought that <laughs> up. Maybe he's just saying that because he doesn't want us right. to. Uh, nope, I'm sure. nope. I'm telling you right now that he wouldn't have made it in to kill Blood Axe. When, when Ernie Gygax looked at this adventure, right. did he say anything similar to, wow, and I thought Tomb of Horrors was hard? Uh, Tomb of Horrors is introductory module. He, 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 he compared it <laughs> to the his... Prequel, his the prequel. You knew Blood Red Falls after you survived Tomb of Horrors. Right. This is the sequel to Tomb of Horrors. <laughs> Well, what, he what, compared what? it to his module that he's coming out with. Uh, what's the name of oh, that? Oh, great. I need to avoid that one. Um, and, uh, in, yeah, he's it, been working on that Incomprehensible Death. It's it, called, yeah. uh, yeah, called the, Incomprehensible the Death. The ID series. <laughs> <laughs> that's ID series. That's great. The Incomprehensible Death series. That's right. Oh, yeah, just to let our listeners know, this is a good time to bring it up. Yeah. We've been, look, we don't want people thinking we're in a rut. Right. Same format, right? right. Going to mix things up. Two We're old gonna... middle-aged guys jibber-jabbering about a, a dame that's 40 right. years old. Right, yeah. and, and, and particularly after we noticed that our, we had been in the, Vic, I don't know if you know this, our podcast had hit the top 10 podcasts for, quote, other games in Sweden, Sweden. earlier right. this year. Now, this is apparently true. It is. I showed you the chart. Well, and charts don't, the internet doesn't lie. No, charts don't lie. No, I didn't. Oh, but then, the internet never lies. Exactly. <laughs> but then, but then, we immediately plummeted yeah. to like 339 or something. Yes, and, and we've, we've, we're kind of, flatlined. we're kind of there at the I like to call it flatlining. Yes. We flatlined. And so we realized that, and basically, Sweden for us is like the canary in the coal mines. Right. Right? As Sweden goes, 
That's right. Grog talk. So are you guys going to invest in like a uh, closed captioning in Sweden for on the bottom now? Are you guys going to hire a translator? I thought everyone knows Come <laughs> on. Doesn't everyone know English? Huh? Doesn't they do speak English, English uh, as almost like a, uh, you know, it's taught a lot in, in secondary school. But I don't think that's a bad idea. <laughs> Having, trying to see if we can get like the Swedish consulate here in the United States. Oh. To, and si- and we use, should and, you know, broadcast so, from there. Broadcast you think we can broadcast consulate? from the Swedish consulate? Wait, but it's probably only a Swedish consulate in Washington, right? Well, I mean, I think it's a lot easier to get there than Sweden. <laughs> Wouldn't there be one in Minnesota? Sweden. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know there's a Norwegian consulate. Here. Right. There's got to be all the Scandinavian consulates. Got to be up there. So we should. So we we got to find out broadcast. about that. So maybe you should amend. This, because the James top 10 Swedish foolishly challenge? made the top ten Swedish challenge, saying we'd come to Sweden. I checked airfare, even in December. It's about $1,000. Wow. So I think maybe broadcasting from the Swedish consulate. Well, the problem is, is by doing that, I, and I shared this with Dan, I put it on Twitter, and now I have a new fo- We have followers, mm-hmm. and one of them who just added- Not hirelings. No, hi- followers. They're followers. They're not hirelings. They, they don't have any loyalty. Uh, they could unfollow it anymore. Zero. Moment. They have no loyalty <laughs> they at all. Have no well, well, with your minus 15 <laughs> reaction adjustment, because right. of your charisma- but I looked, I looked at his feed. It's all in Swedish. So someone showed him this thing about the top 10 Swedish challenge, and he has become a follower of ours. And, I, and now all my, are the feed for Grog Talk has every time he posts, it's in Swedish. So I have to take it, copy it into Google Translate, and go, oh, that's interesting. He's talking about something I don't care about. You know but yeah, the, so it's worked. Do you know the last Swedish person I met in person that I, I recall literally was, was when I was dog sledding in Banff? In Canada. Wow. Rolf. He was good. Wow. He was dog sledding. You, went, you actually dog sled in Canada. That's, that, I did not know that about you. That's interesting. Well, I was younger. Apparently. <laughs> Much younger. So, oh, and this is a good time talking about broadcasting for the Swedish concert because we f- forgot to thank our hosts. It is. It's, 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 well, it? we're broadcasting today from the Cup and Dragon. Oh, that's right. On the Street of Shadows uh, in the city state. So thanks to uh, Lady Cus Morgren. For hosting us, along with her her halfling servant, so yes. thank you to this is a mobile uh, studio. The, we go from the place cup to and place. dragon at the cup and dragon. It's it's been fine. So it's, we've enjoyed it. Mention, so we we don't want people to think we're in a rut. So we're coming up with new segments. So we want to let our our many listeners know that we're hoping to have a, a segment called Incomprehensible Death. Yes, which we've talked about, not about the band, but about right. what it's going to be. Is we want you if if you have a character that you've grown tired of. And you want, do you think it's time for that character to move on? Or let's say you're somebody like Vic, you're a DM, and you have a player in your game who, you know, you don't want to kill them, but you'd like them to be killed. Send us a message right. on the many different ways you can do that. Yep, yep. We can do it on Twitter. Uh, you can go on YouTube. You can go on to uh, grogcon.com, or you can send an email at info at grogcon.com. And send us, your, send us your character and the stats. And uh, we will take you through exactly. a, a, Vic is already, see Vic, Vic should probably host this segment. Right. Vic, I, it should be incomprehensible death with, with, with VM Dor- Dorso. Yeah, perfect. We'll bring him on. Okay, so if Vic is amenable like to this, send in your character. We'll need the character sheet, or at least the stats. Send them in, and what we'll do is we'll have a brief segment right. in which we will make sure your character will suffer an incomprehensible... Right. I mean, you'll get to roll. We're going to roll the dice. Right. 
but we're gonna make sure that this set, you're not surviving this thing. You're not surviving and you're really not sure how you died. Like again, the same thing with what Vic was saying. You do something and then you roll two or three dice and you're dead. Right. And, and you're not sure how that happened. You were alive all of a sudden. And this started with uh, cursed scrolls that you know you, I've always adjudicated that if you pick up a cursed scroll, whether you could read it or not, the curse went off. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. you so, curse scroll as soon as you open it up. Bam. Right. <laughs> so the idea is as you could laughs. have no idea. It could be in Swedish and you open it up and pff, you're dead. Why you're, are you guys laughing? That's terrible. It's incomprehensible <laughs> death. It's not funny. So we need those kind of things. And and that one's good, the one that you sent out. Yeah, Vic seems is good. We shouldn't give it away. Right. Because I this is story behind this one. I just typed this okay. over. Well, you G1. tell yeah, Inside G1. the G1, the, yeah. uh, one of the uh, mistresses of the giant king is in a bedroom. She doesn't have any weapons. Well, right. she uses everything in her power to uh, throw at the characters as they're trying to kill her. Well, I threw a chamber pot <laughs> at, another, at one of the players. It hit. I scored a 20. <laughs> That was the end of yeah. chamber pot death. death. See, death, death by chamber pot. <laughs> well, my, my, my. Perfect. My, I think he's got to be the host of this. Yeah. It was a crappy death. Yeah, it was, literally. It was a crappy death. <laughs> Vic, Vic, we, 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 we talk, Wait, hang on, Vic. We're gonna talk for a minute. Okay. We've yeah. discussed it, and James and I would like to offer you a a position on Grog Talk hosting right. incomprehensible death with with DM Dorso. Yeah, would you be willing to? Okay, yeah, you got it. That means you got to get up pretty early. But you know, so, who doesn't or, mind getting up early to kill somebody? Or you can record. We'll send you the information, and you can record it and send it to us too. Either way, it I works. Can do that too. I can. Yeah. I can do. You, incomprehensible. Yeah, deaths. you could just be the drafter. So right, right. and and maybe one day. You could we could collect all of these and it could be published, right? right? It's like a hundred way. ways. It'd be like the what was those Grimtooth traps? Yeah. Yeah, books. Grimtooth traps. I even have a copy of that somewhere well, over here. Of course here. you do. Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't you? Of course. That's his, it's, that's, it's dog ear. I mean, it's got like post-it. Yes, it's got like fifty uh, post-its on it, right. and so yeah, I think Grimtooth. So so yeah, so you could draft. So so we could run it because right. that would be fun. Uh, we could Vic would Vic, Vic we'd ask Vic to draft a little mini module. If, right. Vic, we're talking like a room. Right. Or like a fifty foot clearing. Or an introduction. <laughs> a preface. preface. Your character dies in the preface. Of and the that could be the ID series. These series of these little things, because you know, oh you went through ID two? Yeah. Oh yeah, that was great. Uh, uh Chamber Pot Death. Yeah. How'd you survive? Well, of course there not. There it is. Yeah. Sure it is. Yeah. Dog, is it? No, it's in pretty good shape. That's not good. Yeah, that you, need, you, you, yeah, more you ideas. need to work that up a little. That doesn't look used enough. I'm yeah. Sorry. So, uh, oh, oh, trust me, gentlemen. But, I just flip through this once in a while when I need something extra special. He take, Vic <laughs> takes that on vacation. You know, you know Vic is serious. Vic travels. Well, you know how some people, like I remember when I was in high school, there's some people who travel with like a basketball in their car. Because right. you never know when a pickup game might break out. Right, right, yeah. Vic travels with his his D&D stuff. Isn't that true, Vic? You went to Florida. I know. Yeah, I brought, I brought uh, was it two bags and a map, a map uh, tube full of maps and stuff like that down there. Because a pickup game may just break out in, what, Vero Beach, Florida. Possible. Well, whatever, you know. <laughs> hey, you found one in Orlando, which is, along with Minneapolis, the the mecca 
Uh, well, Lake Geneva, of course, right, is right. the Mecca. But it's, underneath it's that... It's more Medina. Yeah. Right. Is, well, is, I, you, know, you know, here's my prediction is you guys, your group down there is going to get a lot bigger with more retirees coming down there. Right. And it's going to become the point that you guys are going to be like... I figure, so, like, I'm going to be moving down in six, seven years. I figure at that point in time, you guys are going to have 100 to 200 people wanting to play. And it's just going to be, like, on a well, Saturday, you guys just take over somewhere. And it's like, yeah. hey, we're taking over, you know? Well, there, now, the downside is is we could have a high actual mortality right. rate, too, as James is <laughs> fond of pointing out. They actually uh, could die during the session. <laughs> that would be terrible. That's not a bad way to go, is right. it? Yeah, well, well hey. How many players did you lose last game? Four. That's right. Okay, how many characters? Well, that was two character deaths and two actual. Right. I thought I have an idea, which is I think. Oh, I, so, I'm no. sorry, just real quick. When do you post? You have a when? How much time should you pass before you put something on Meetup saying? We have space available if someone literally dies. What's the, what's the, what is the uh, social? Well, I'd say, well, yeah, what's, the yeah, social, what's too soon? Social. One, one yeah. hour. I think you should wait at least what an is hour. The so, what would Miss Manners say? Do you wait an, literally an hour, hour after the session over? Bob Five just, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Joe just, yeah, He's Joe just died. All right, if you're, if you're nearby, swing on by. That's <laughs> they're wheeling, they're wheeling one guy out and another's coming in. Well, you know, spaces in our games are hard to come by. You got to snatch them up. It's wow. like a parking space in yeah. New York yeah. or, or during rent Christmas at the mall. Control apartment. Yeah, right. Well, so like that's apartment. why you should always be prepared. Like I am over at my game. I've got uh, in case someone dies. I, I think there's four of us that are that are DMs. You know, that could DM something for oh. something. So yeah. I could probably bust off if we got to like 20 people and I couldn't handle it. I'd be like, no, uh, Brett, please take these guys over here, run something, you know, dungeon crawl them or hex crawl them from XYZ and Greyhawk to where we're at. You know, we'll, we'll go through a little attrition here or something. See, you know? <laughs> see J James is too subtle. James, that's not James. Is you just got. You've got ten players, eleven players at times, and I, I've been up to thirteen. In and they're this just group. they're just sticking with them. They won't die, literally. They won't die. Well, can you, they, they just can keep you staying. send can oh, you guys. send James the keep at Blood Red Falls, please? Oh yeah, he what, needs what, some I attrition. Think, I think what he needs is I think he really needs is a set of these new Comet game critical hit and fail yeah. guys, and then, yeah. and then he can just then he can just cut them. Well, well kill I. Some. I I have. I mean, they've, they've. Some of their characters have died. You know, some of them. But you know, that's part of the beauty of the first edition. So, for 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 the times where, just like in the module you ran, uh, you know, bad things happen. The one guy got hit by three stone giant boulders that got thrown because we're going through the giant series too, and you know, he, you take three to thirty three times, uh, you're pretty you're pretty dead. Um, then there was another time, same guy. I'm like, oh, here we go again. He. It wasn't through bad bad play. It was like the rest of the group had moved forward. He was, he just the way it worked out. That he was in the middle of the hallway, and all of a sudden, uh, two fro three frost giants, two hill giants were coming the other way, and he's like in the middle of the hall. I'm like, oh well, he's 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 history because he's by himself. It was gonna take, <laughs> and so I rolled out in the open just like you do. Three, two, seven, five. I mean, for like two rounds, I completely. Mm -hmm. 
missed him. So it was epic. And that, I think that's the value of the game is, yes, death is around the corner. But when you live, we still talk about this story. And I'm sure you've got tons of stories like that, too. Uh, that's oh, yeah. what makes it great. Oh, yeah. There's always, there's always a good, uh, good story brewing there in every session. Like, do you remember when so-and-so did this? Or, yeah. or you know, it's like, it's like my last session here, uh, I'm using my critical hit, critical fail dice. Well, I had a blue dragon attacking this village that my people are trying to build up. You know, this is going to be their bastion of homesteading bastion. And uh, one arrow and a 20-sided die and... I had a blue dragon go smashing in at full tilt, sort of like uh, um, the Hobbit, where the red dragon goes into uh, Riverdale, just yep. smash. Right, exactly. <laughs> and same kind of thing. That's what makes it epic when you can, and I think you do a good job, you know, I recall when we played, is, is you're willing to let the dice fall where they may. And, and in that case, right, you had not planned for the blue dragon to get taken out by an arrow, just like in the Hobbit. You thought, oh, right. this will be epic. There'll be, be a big battle. Some of them will die. And all of a sudden, you know, two rolls later, uh, right. th they've, they've done it. But um, I also, listen, James, yeah. one of the things, one of the things, like I had a fifth edition player play with us this last session. Okay. And she's the one that triggered the blue dragon thing coming on. And she said to a cloud giant, an evil cloud giant that came visiting, eh, yeah, will you go help us take out our enemy that's seven miles north? And I'm just like, she did not say this because that's where the blue dragon was living. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I used this opportunity to go, oh, fine. So now this cloud giant knows she opened her mouth. I'm using this cloud giant to go seven miles north, and it found where the blue dragon was living. And guess what? This triggered a whole new series of actions, this whole tangent of what's happening now. It's like, oh, okay, well, now this is happening. And, you know, I put it up on my, uh, uh, the Twin Cities Old School Gaming Facebook page with, you know, little, little clues to my players like, this is happening this week. <laughs> I get some I get some choice comments. <laughs> Let's put it that way for my players. Like, yeah. oh no. <laughs> well, and let me and and, and let me ask you guys that. Because you know, a lot of DMs, they they've got a story and they want the players to follow it. Right. But I enjoy, you know, and, and it makes me think about it when you tell that story about the blue dragon. What I enjoy I enjoy sort of what I DM is just sort of being a participant with the players. I like seeing what happens. If things sort of go off the rails, not necessarily always in a bad way, but if something unusual happens, they do different things, I kind of like it because I, I, I feel like I'm watching a movie. Um, and I, so I don't know, does it, uh, Vic, uh, do you enjoy that when your players do unexpected things? Do, oh, you, yeah. do, you, do you enjoy oh, that as yeah. a DM and, and you kind of roll with it? I roll right with it because, like, she's Literally. like, she, 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 she tried to enter this negotiation. One of my experienced players, Tim was negotiating with the the cloud giant on a deal to sell all this wine they had looted from G1, you know, the draw wine, and yeah. they're bickering back and forth. And she decides to step right in and say, hey, seven miles north is a blue dragon. Will you help us? And I'm just like, oh, great. This is this is this just feeds right into my plot. So here we go. You know? <laughs> so words have consequences, and when players just jump in and use their mouth to say something, it's like, oh, 
thanks for the information. Now I've got this little tidbit here that I've I can use now to see to drive more plot lines and and move shuffle the pieces around so I can get back to because sometimes I'll use it to get back to the stereo the story arc I want right. to, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it, it, it's different ways to manipulate it. I mean, some some dungeon masters, I, I see some dungeon masters say, oh, you're a Greyhawk. Well, next second you're sitting outside the doors of the Frost Giant Lair and in G2 or whatever, you know, they just trans teleport back and forth. And it's it's like I I I, I like the actions of the players to actually do the crawl to go across the country. If there's you know, a couple of them get wiped out because mountain giants attack them. Oh well, that's you know that's real life. You're you're going through the real life things. Like they go through a city sometimes. I'm like, everybody roll me a percentage dice. Anybody that gets less than five percent, well, you caught a disease. You know, I was here's you know this is all in the dungeon master guide, and I try to use as much of it as I possibly can. Now I can't use all of it, as you guys both know. You've you've read through it. There's so much information. If you were to use everything in the Dungeon Master Guide, you wouldn't make it out of the city. You know, right. <laughs> I mean, you'd be dead before you make it out of the city. But if you use certain parts of it to add some intrigue or whatever to slow, like slow a group down, oh, you're sick. Well, now you guys are starting to slow down a little bit. You're keeping them in the city to do something else. You're developing a plot line or... You just rush them through. You know, you, ah, I'm not going to roll that. But you know as well as I do, I like to go around the table instead of me doing all the rolling except for combat. I like to go around the table and I like to point at every single player and say, what are you doing? What are you doing? Roll this die because you're going to help me roll for treasure. You're helping me roll for magic items. You're helping me do all that stuff. Instead of me having to sit there and it, and this is what frustrates me when I've seen certain dungeon masters is that they sit there and they'll sit there behind a little screen and they'll just sit there and do this and for a half hour you guys are sitting there bored out of your minds going oh, when are we going to move when are we going to do something while I try to get everybody interacting and, and try to get you know and it helps me out because I'm sitting there looking at the charts well, instead of having to look at the charts and look at the dice and rolling them I can sit there and quickly determine things and read them off and usually I have one or two people at the table that is more than willing to write down everything that we're going through like uh, I know you guys have had it where you've rolled like 60 gems and you're gonna have to figure out 60 gems well it's a lot faster when you got 14 players all rolling percentage dice and you could quickly rattle them all off you know it's like here's your gems here's this you know Dan loves rolling for gems. He he, he really enjoys that. He, 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 uh, he... Oh yeah, no, there's yeah. I, I was rolling for gems. I, I I ran what the halls of Tis and Thane, and it would just identify gems. And so yeah, so I remember I, I spent an afternoon rolling the type of gem, how much it's worth, and all this information. Of course, it you know none of it was used. So oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I don't even I don't even do that i lost your sound there guys i can't hear you oh, oh I can't really? hear you now. all okay. right okay we're good it was like it suddenly dropped off and came back on anyways okay. we're taking a nap but, but it's Sorry. easier as a dungeon master to sort of go at the seat of your pants fly at the seat of your pants because any any plot line that you've come up with is bound to get ruined by something mm -hmm. i mean 
every every module I've ever made, including Keep a Butter and Falls, somebody's done something crazy. I mean, it's just sort of like, okay, you do that. I just roll with the flow. And here it is. I got to keep going. You know, like uh, Jeannie in the game you played at, Dan, at uh, GaryCon. She turns into a bird. First time ever. That's right. First time ever. Mm-hmm. Somebody turned into a bird and went investigating stuff. So I was yeah. like, Okay, I gotta go with the flow. I gotta figure these things out, and you know, it's it's sure it's a seat in my pants, but I I try to keep up with everybody, and you know, and, and as you saw, Dan, when these large groups get together, one of my things is I stand up and I start walking around, especially with players that are s- sort of quiet and they just don't say anything much. I'll go around and start tapping everybody's shoulder and say, "What do you do? What do you do? What do you do?" To get get everybody involved. The more you get interaction by the rest of the group i think the more people like to come and you know because if people are just sitting there and they do nothing the whole game then they just get bored and they want to leave and they don't want to ever come back so i mean that's why i like to keep the plot lines loose and nimble and everybody gets a chance to say hey i want to try this (laughs) i think you do you do a very good job of that because you know if you've listened to the podcast uh, you know, I, I'm not a big fan in general of large groups because it's very easy to then not spend a lot of time playing and talking. Uh, but I, and, and there are DMs that they won't necessarily pick up on that, that, you know, you've got two or three players that are dominating and the other ones yeah. are quiet, or they pick up on it very late in the game. But uh, one of the things you do is you, even though it is a large group, you do make sure everyone's involved. So I can say without, without a doubt, in the games I've been in, with you where it's always been, I think, 10 or more players. Mm. I can't, I don't ever think I, I wasn't participating a lot. Now, maybe that's just because I'm the jerk at the table and, you know, I'm dominating. <laughs> but, 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 but I've never right. felt that way. If you don't see that, that guy, you're the guy. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah if you don't, yeah, you know that saying, if, if you don't know who the jerk in the party is, it's you. That's right, you're the jerk. Well, yeah, I mean, and I know how to deal with the jerks, too. I mean, you've got, you've seen it when we were at uh, Gary Con. There was that one guy there who was just like, oh, I'm like, I'm like okay, yeah, yeah. The one you you and Jeannie almost attacked? Not literally, but in the game, no. in the game session. He decided, he decided he wanted to do something, and yeah. I, I said, go for it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and he... He bit the bullet, I think, in, the, in the only, that session. The only thing more fun than going through a game with Vic Dorso as the DM is going through a game with Vic Dorso as a player. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> oh, it's fun. Oh, yeah. you'll have a good time. Vic, yeah. Vic's a lot of fun. Vic's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And, 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 you know, I mean, I, I like the last Gary Con, I thought it was a stroke of honor when... Uh, Ernie Gygax, I'm sitting down at the table to play with him, and he's going, he's giving characters out to people, and he just looks at me and says, this one's for you to play. And I was just like, <laughs> I look at him like, oh, great, I'm a half-orc evil uh, assassin, and I've got to play it as a... <laughs> Hell. I play it as a regular fighter, and I'm, I'm like, so I play this thing to the hilt until the last half hour of the game, and then I'm like, then somebody decides, oh yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna play a detect evil spell, and I'm like, oh, the gig's up now, and I gotta try to kill everybody. <laughs> I I was walking, I was walking down the hall at CarryCon. And Vic pops out of this room, uh-huh. and he starts telling me this, basically. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Archie's in the game? What are you doing out here? Mm-hmm. Get back in there. 
So, 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 uh, so, Vic, you know, some of the things you sent, uh, we talked a little bit about, you, you know, hack and slash type of players and, you know, your, your goal of trying to, I, I guess, in some ways, elevate people's gameplay. So they're not just playing a video game where they power up and they go from room to room. Um, you've mentioned other styles of plays. So, you know, what are the type of players that you've seen and, you know, do you reward certain types of play? I mean, I, I, I kind of got that, but what kind of play styles have you seen and and All right. which ones well, do you incorporate the most? Me and, me and uh, Dan were having this conversation with Ernie Gygax on my Facebook uh, page. And um, one of them is the investigator. It's it's the, it's the player that, that, you know, they, they see something, they try to get as much possible information as possible about something. And then when they get there, they're smart about it. They walk up to a room door and they say, okay, I'm going to use my hearing, my smell, my sight. And they, they look at the door and they, you know, they don't, they don't bust in, you know, like a door kicker. I mean, just, you know, door kickers, oh, we're going to kick in the door. We're going to go kill everything on the inside. Well, these guys are more of the stealth, stealthy thief types. They go up to the door, they look around, they say, smell, all right, let's bypass this one. Or, you know, the, I like that style of play. Uh, another one is the commandos. They know exactly what their objective is, and they go for it. They're fast, they're stealthy, they don't kill anything if they don't have to, and they get to where they gotta go. Or if they're gonna kill, they try to kill it as silently as possible, and keep moving. Because if they don't Stop moving. They know all hell's going to break loose, you know. So, and you know, I've seen these different styles. And I've seen the, the powerful magic user style where they just, oh, I'm going to go invisible. And I'm just going to, you know, <laughs> you know. And then when I get there, I'm going to let, you know, all furies go loose, you know. Oh, I got a fireball one. <laughs> they just go crazy, you know. So, I mean, I see different styles. And I, I, my favorite styles are the investigator and the commandos. I mean, I really like that style of play where, you know, these guys know their objectives. They know everything. They got to go do it. The hack and slash guys, I mean, all I do is sit there and roll dice all day long. And I, I like to see more. I like to see people actually get into the environment and ask questions like, uh, what's in this room? Like, what do I smell coming out from underneath the door and stuff? And, and that gives me the chance to tell the story of, all right, you smell wet dog hair is one of the clues inside the Keeper Brethren Falls. You smell wet dog. Well, okay, what is it? You know what I mean? It's sort of like, eh, do you want to go investigate more or do you want to go, nah, I think I'm going to leave that door alone, you know? Yeah, just, and just just for people, I don't mean to give anything away, but it's it's Cerberus, right? So just, you know, right. so stay, don't open that door in Blood Red Falls. Right. There, three, three, there's <laughs> wet, wet dog hair and three bowl, feeding bowls. Yeah. Like, is that three, yeah, three dogs? No. Bowls. You'll no. see three little shadows. Right. Yeah, stay away it's not, from... It's, not, it's a three-headed dog, not three dogs. Now, now, yeah. now, now Vic, if and I will mention about styles of play. I do think it's fair that let's say that you're not a hack and slash guy, but you happen to find yourself playing a half orc fighter, you know, with a seven intelligence and a seven wisdom. Right. You know, then I think that it's fun to be in character. And that guy, you know, the other players might have to restrain you from being the hack and slash guy, but I think it's fun to play that character as you think he. So, in other words, isn't it always a balance between being you? You can play mm -hmm. you, right? So I would be like a gnome illusion. I, I, I would equate myself in real life as kind of like a gnome illusionist kind of guy. 
But if I was playing a half-orc fighter, wouldn't, wouldn't, shouldn't I, to be a good role player, suspend a little bit of what I actually am right. and, oh, and, and it's, play it's, the half-orc fighter? I love, I love that. I love when guys are like, oh, well, I'm a dwarf, so I am going to be a dwarf. And Like last night we were playing with a guy. He started talking in Scottish, and he's like, where's the beer? And stuff like they that. always say, dwarves yeah. always have a Scottish accent, don't yeah. they? They should have a, I'd want to see some French dwarves. That would be interesting. I think uh, uh, Amber, uh, what, uh, uh, Castle Amber. Castle maybe. Amber. Maybe. Oh, that was in France. That was in uh, France, right? Castle I am Amber. Gimli. You do not toss the dwarf. <laughs> that would be good. But oh, always, yeah, Imani, was, yeah, I love it. I love it when girl. guys get into character because right. it just adds more to the whole thing. I mean, it's just, you know, sometimes it can get very bland. But when you add that 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 character voice or that you know the, the certain actions like uh, I've had guys that have pronounced limps you know you know I can't I can't do this because you know I he was injured and he's limping along oh, see, yeah. and stuff like that you know it's like it's like stop making noise like I like I like I tell every group I'm in uh, yeah you have plate mail armor you are a walking dinner bell yeah. <laughs> I've always thought about that. You know, so you go into a dungeon and you're wearing plate mail. I mean, I understand if you're like at the Battle of Hastings or something right. like that. But, you, you know, if you're in a dungeon, don't, shouldn't you be flexible and be able to move quickly and quietly? Is plate mail really the best choice? I mean, I know right. it's AC2. And you're right, walking but... at 6 instead of 12. 3. Or... Well, we get to shield, right? Is it 2? I'm sorry. If I'm having plate mail, I'm going to shield, right? <laughs> Maybe. So, so um, so, you know, you mentioned your group a little bit. And, you know, so for those who've been listening to us, you know, we thanks to Dan and Ed, who you've met, they started a meetup and we played a local uh, gaming store here in the Orlando area. And it's, we, we basically, my group meets every two weeks. So, you know, your group, the one you have on Facebook, you know, where do you meet? How many players come? You mentioned at one point you had 20 players and you, because you have four DMs, they split off. Do they meet at people's houses or how does that work? And how regularly right. do you meet? I started uh, the Facebook group as as because me and Jeannie started playing and, and and she wanted to learn how to play and so we went to the a game store called the Source. It is one of the it's the premier here in Minneapolis so, place for games. I mean, literally anything you could find at the Source. I've never found another store quite as well as the Source. If you're looking for some, call the Source, and then. But Source has limited resources for playing. We've it is not really conductive to having a, a large group because they're always so busy over there. So we've moved over to Fantasy Flight Games. They've made Lord of the Rings and some of those other games. I can't recall everything that they've they've put out, but they have this huge warehouse of space. They've also got a full kitchen with beer and wine and wow. everything else. So it's it's like really nice. And you know, my group probably spends two to 250, 300 bucks over there for food and stuff, just sitting there around the table and we're gaming. And um, yeah, and so what I've done is to get my group to grow larger is I started gaming at the source and then I said, you know what? I'm going to start this Facebook group. And then I went to meet up after Dan gave the suggestion, you know, and 
I saw you, I met you, Dan, at, uh, was it GaryCon 9 that I met you the first time, get Dan? Well, I, pl I played in your game at GaryCon 9. I think we started yeah. interacting after that, I think probably on right. Facebook. And I mentioned I had been in your game. Yeah. Right. So, and, and um, anyways, after Dan's suggestion, I did the meetup and then I'm on Facebook. And I, I mean, Dan will attest to it. I mean, I hit every Dungeons and Dragons board I could possibly hit to say, we're having a game today at Fantasy Flight at three o'clock. And I, I keep pounding it out because a lot of guys our age don't go on to meetup or Facebook on a regular basis. Yeah. But if you keep pounding it out that you're having these games, they're going to see it. They're going to start showing up. And then other outlets are going to see it and go, hey, I know a game over at uh, Fantasy Flight. I know this other game. And friends are going to tell friends and go, hey, you know, even if they sit in at one time, you know, I've had guys just come in for one or two sessions and then leave. And then they come back four months, five months later. It's like, eh, I don't care. You know, as long as we've got enough players to keep playing, we can keep driving a story or driving along and, you know, everybody's happy, you know. And. I, I would really, like I said, I would like to get up to the point like you guys have joined up with um, Crucible, Crucible, the Crucible, Crucible convention. Crucible. Yeah, right. Crucible. And I would like to eventually get it to the point where I start something like Dave Con for Dave Arnson in yeah. October or something like that, the beginning of October, so that, you know, Dave Arnson Con, where we're playing these old school games like Dungeons and Dragons and, and uh, Fight the Ship. And oh, okay. uh, all those types of games, you know, Blackmore and Blackmore, yeah. that 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 kind of stuff, and and just have a small little gaming convention where all us old schoolers get together. Because frankly, that this was my opinion is we we played like last time two weeks ago, and we had a five E group next to us, and I couldn't hardly hear my group. You know, I was like this five group five E group was going through their story. You know, they're reading. I think it was Salt Marsh or something, you know, which it, yeah, that just that just came out. I think, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, they they were going through it and they're all loud and boisterous and everything else, and it's just fine. But you know, I mean, I'm trying to conduct a game with 14 people at the table or 12 wow. or something like that, and I'm just like, I'm like, all right, I'm trying to keep the story going. Finally, they leave and we're able to speed up my game because I got it. You know, we're all admit it, we're all losing our hearing a little bit in our advanced age. <laughs> Oh, and, so, and and you need the larger dice. They're yes. nice too oh, yeah. now because the the eyesight oh, is going. I got the dice for you, Dan. I got the I got these ones here just for your your poor vision here. These big dice, soft nice, ones. Wow. <laughs> those are those, those are the jumbo dice of jumbo dice. As I have jumbo dice, but yeah, that's just, a, I call those my cheater dice. When I make kids, I used to cheat rolling their dice. Okay. I would go, oh, all right, all right, you want to cheat? So I took out all, all their dice, and I took out these foam ones, and I put them in front of them. And it's like, you get to roll with these for a little while until I until, until you gain your trust back to, you know, not cheat on your rolls, you know. Well, so, so Vic, Vic yeah. it's a testament to, to your abilities as a DM and also as an organizer uh, that your Minneapolis group has been so successful. Uh, and so obviously... Uh, anyone out there in the Minneapolis area yep. who has any interest in playing 1E, uh, Vic, I assume you've, you've, if you're like us, you always have openings because you know that you're going to lose players, so you, you're always willing to expand. Is that yeah. fair to say? 
Oh yeah, and then like like I've expanded it with my um, another DM, Britt Welsh, and he plays Castles and Crusades, which Gary Gygax was working on at his death. So I was like, oh yeah, sure. And Gary was working on it, and I, I've read through like the Castles and Crusades stuff, and it's very similar to First Edition. If you look through some of the the monster manuals and stuff, I mean. They have the monsters we have in monster in our monster manuals, and monster manuals too are in the Castles and Crusades book, and they're exact same stats, everything. So it's like, oh, well, this just seems like a natural progression, you know, Castles and Crusades did for what Gary's work was. So I'm sort of like, hey, you know, works for me, you know. Yeah. And so I, I'm so he runs his games every other week than I do, you know. So it's oh, like, okay. all right. So every week there's a game. Every week there's a game, and we always meet up at Fantasy Flight because, well, like I said, food, beer, you know, there's everything for everybody up there, you know, and, and it's a large enough game space I can actually get 14 people around the table. <laughs> and so if, if people want to find you, so they can find your group on Facebook, right? I think you're, our, you're the Greyhawk group. Is that correct? Right. On Twin Cities, Twin Cities, Old School Gaming, and then underneath that you'll look in events, and it says uh, First Edition at... First edition in Greyhawk, I think so, it is. Okay. So send me the link, and I'll put it in the YouTube and in the show notes. So just right. Skype it to me when you get a chance. You don't have to do it now. And, and, and as you mentioned, you're also on Meetup, too, which is pretty yeah, easy because right. you can just type in Minneapolis, and you type in Dungeons & Dragons, and all the Minneapolis D&D &D so, yeah. groups will pop up, and Vix will pop up. So, Dan, uh, so Vic, so you, know, you also, we talked pre-show about house rules and differences. So... What are the things, you know, because, again, I, when we played, um, I felt very comfortable with, uh, even with the critical and fumbles, which, again, you can argue, thank you, you can, uh, you can argue is not technically by the book, but there's definitely a spirit of it. What other mm -hmm. house rules have you put in, the, and, and what was the rationale? What are the big ones? I'm sure you have All a right. few. Death in my game, you guys know, is inevitable, especially first and second level characters. First level characters, I mean, they, they kill pretty quick in my game. I mean, I don't pull punches when we're doing a hex crawl across the country, and I make them roll. I, I roll to say when the encounters are going to happen, but I let them roll on the Fiend Folio. I use the Fiend Folio for um, the random encounter chart on the back. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, oh. You guys ran into a dragon. Well, pff, you're all wiped out. <laughs> Everybody roll new characters, you know. Um, or, you know, I've had them run into uh, leprechauns before. And I don't know if Dan had ever told you this story, but one of my greatest uh, achievements, I thought it was, is that these guys all leave Greyhawk. They're loaded with money. So they go into Greyhawk and they buy all this magical gear. And then they go up through the Vespa Force. They're going through the Vespa Force. And I, and I roll in a counter. I'm like, Oh, okay. Forced encounter. Um, X, please roll the dice for me. Well, they rolled leprechauns. Y, roll the next set of dice. They rolled zero five, so they're in the leprechaun village. That means there's at least 20 leprechauns there. Uh, uh, here's what's going to happen. So I started I started going on, and, and I started saying these little leprechauns are trying to come in there and steal stuff when they were sleeping. They didn't know they were sleeping in the middle of a leprechaun village. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so what happens is one of the characters has a, a storm giant strength, belt of, a girdle of storm giant strength. I need to say to grapple one of these half-hit die leprechauns and kills him. 
So immediately, oh, yep, exactly. So immediately, everybody gets put to sleep. I just say, all right, fine. You guys try to kill him. Everybody make a roll versus spell. They all, all except for one, went to sleep, and they all got robbed. I mean, literally everything on their body, all the money, all the gold, all the all the magic items went vamoose. <laughs> They, they wake up naked. Oh, that went basically, well. Basically, they did. And they were in the middle of the Vespa forest. Basically, with anything that was anything that was magical or money was gone. Everything else was there. You know? they, didn't, they didn't follow the rainbow to find oh, where the Oh, that's right. Start. That Just was follow the next the adventure. Right. Follow, follow the rainbow. ID4, follow the rainbow to your death. Why can we never oh, find it? That's right. So, so they ended up so they ended up with nothing. And they walked out of that forest with basically nothing on their back. And they've had to work their way back from basically these guys that were fourth or fifth, sixth level, you know, with all this great, you know, armor and everything else, back to having to get all this stuff together again. <laughs> Mugged by leprechauns. Well, that's yeah. rough. Well, as opposed to shaken down by dwarves. I think... Uh, That's true. Which, so, but I, I think what that is interesting, and again, how much turnover? You mentioned a little bit. Do you, do you have turnover because just people can't play every other week? Or is it just... Do you get a lot of people try and go, mm, that's not for me? Or does it, you know, uh, if you do get a lot, of, what's the uh, purposes? I'm trying to, let me try and think here. I got, I, got, I got eight regulars. Okay. And then the rest are just turnovers or yeah. they, they can't come because of the jobs and family commitments and stuff like that. But, you know, they'll show up and like, hey, welcome back. You know, right. like I got one couple that 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 they'll, they'll go from November through March. You know, that's when they come. You know, I know I can expect them every week at that time. Yeah. And during the summer, if it rains, they're there. If not, they'll be, you know, what, they, what they day, want to be outside. You know, What days do you play normally? Just Saturdays, Saturday, and okay, Saturday except for when I'm at the source, that they play on Fridays, and that's a, that's a, I don't know if any of you guys, I don't know if Dan's played with him because he's up at uh, Gary Comedy. His name is Burl Zorn. He's a one yeah. of the guys that used to play with Gary Gygax, okay. you know, way back in the day. So, uh, yeah, I'm, he's a, I'm, his... a, I'm a silver, you know me, I'm a silver badge guy. I'm not, I'm not a gold badge guy. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm not playing with Ernie Gygax. So. Yeah, I'm we're... playing in Vic Dorso's game. Yeah, right. And we're fine with <laughs> that's that. All, but, that's, that's my yeah. claim to fame. You know, that's why I brought it up because I think, you know, you said you have eight core players. So they've embraced this style of game, which is you don't know what's going to happen. Um, a lot of bad things could happen and you're okay with it because a lot of, you know, I think a lot of modern gamers or gamers in general, I won't even call them modern gamers, if you would have said, hey, you just went to Greyhawk, you've appeared all these magic items, you're all fitted for bear and you don't even make it, you know, the same session, now you're naked uh, with nothing, <laughs> mm -hmm. they'd be like, oh, okay, thanks. Uh, uh, you know, we've had... People come. They didn't make. They didn't finish the session. No, they. 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 The person literally left. Left. He starts packing up the stuff, which is kind of obvious. You know, he's packing up his stuff, and he's like, "We're like, oh, you know what?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm good. This I'm, is not for me." Or I'm something gonna get like that. going, and he yeah, left. He didn't say just left. He, didn't, he said, "Yeah, I gotta go," and that, he just left. That was the highlight. I think that's the highlight of my DMing career. Right. It's when hey, guy and, and, I, and, I, and you know what I tell him? I tell people. It's a random world. 
I'm making yeah. you guys are running the show here with your dice rolls. It's right. not me. You guys right. are running. You guys are kicks crawling across the country, right. and you're rolling the dice. It's not me rolling the dice. Hey, I mean, it's, I, it's, I, you know, I said all that, Vic, to this guy. He didn't seem to care. Yeah, but for thirty years, or I don't know how long, it's been. You're in the vest, you know. The you're in the vest, or you're in the, you know, you're in. Oh, don't go to the place of Ewes because you know that's for level forty or whatever. But if I'm in right outside Castle Greyhawk, that's the safety zone. I should only encounter things that are uh, encounter appropriate, and that's what I like about your style. Which is, nope, I'm going to pull out in your case the Fiend Folio when we were doing our playthroughs, and and yes. I don't, I just opened up the DMG Forest Encounters, you know, right. and. He rolled. He rolled fifteen giant wasps, and he's first level. It's like if they if they would have encountered him, bye bye. They would have been history. Well, I There's know, no and I've rolled, and I've had, and I've had. I mean, I've had six level characters get taken out by bloodhawks, and then I've yeah. had, you know. oh, bloodhawks are terrible. Oh, I've I've had I've had characters taken out by bloodhawks. Right, that's the nasty yeah. fiend folio. Yeah, bloodhawks are horrible. A monster. They're really bad. It, and and I've I've went through all that stuff and my care and all everybody knows in my group that death will come quickly unless you're prepared for it. And a lot of my guys are are starting to, you know, or they already have prepared for these things, these eventualities, like, oh yeah, we gotta run, you know. It's like so one of the first things they all do is we're buying horses, we're not gonna be on foot if you know, like uh uh, what are those gibberlings or whatever uh, they are? Gibbering you know, they mouthers? No. Uh, oh, the gibber. Oh, the boulders. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, grimlocks or yeah, whatever oh, the they grimlocks, come. Yeah. They, they come boiling out of the ground. You know, like oh, we're on horses. We can outrun them. Uh, <laughs> we're out of uh, here. <laughs> so, I have a question about Vic's Facebook page or his uh, Greyhawk Facebook page. Vic, why is there a a photo of Panzer Blitz on? <laughs> Oh, there did, it is. Did, did, didn't I see a picture? Um, do you own a copy of Panzer Blitz? Yes, I own two copies I, of it. I saw there is a photo of Panzer Blitz. On the old school somewhere. gaming site. It's somewhere. Yeah, I don't know yep. if you're able to find it. He's got so many. I saw a photo of Panzer Blitz, which first, was the yep. first. First of all, I, the first thing I see on this thing, besides the nice map of Castle Greyhawk, mm -hmm. is posts about. How to play D and D can help social skills, and it's a it's a new player's handbook. You should have. Oh, there it is. Look, Panzer Blitz. Okay, if you enlarge that, is that Panzer Blitz? That is Panzer Blitz because I look closely at it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I know Panzer Blitz when I see it. That's the Eastern Front. Right. Is that, is that different from Panzer Leader? I played yes, Panzer, Panzer Leader. Leader yes. was the Western Front. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Panzer Blitz. Yeah, and and what was great about it is you had these three maps. Yeah. And the They're scenario, fold out with, yeah, you had to you switch them around. Yeah. I see that yellow card, that these little yellow yeah. card, scenario yeah, that's cards. That's awesome. Uh, Vic, if you were going to play a case, so when you play, what character, if you had to play one character, what oh, race yeah. and what class would you play? I started out playing a human, but I, I've really embraced the dwarf. I don't oh, know, I, I thought you were say the gnome. It's so close. It seemed like you're saying gnome. The drunken, right. the drunken dwarf is my guy, and then my secondary one. I have two characters from way back in the day. Uh, one is named Rockhead. His intelligence is like six. <laughs> super strong, super intel, super constitution. Because remember, you used to take two attributes off of of one and 
put another two. But that was how our DM was. You take you take two off of intelligence, put one on the constitution and stuff like oh, that. Move, was like, you swap numbers around. Oh, you could swap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you take two off of intelligence, you could put one on like constitution. So I purposely made this guy an 18. He had 18 something strength and he had 19 constitution and he was just a walking fire plug. You know, I mean, you just you know, put him in front of everybody. He'll walk in. <laughs> and that's what happened. He would just walk into the into these battles. And I had a drow, which was really unpopular in the day. I had a drow wizard. You know. All right. So now, so you brought it up. I don't know what's happening. You brought it up. You've mentioned you've mentioned things from the book that shall not be named. I don't know. I don't know what a wizard is. And drow are just a rumor. Right. We don't need drow. They've been confirmed. That's right. Have what? So you're going through you're going through the G series, aren't you, Dan? No, he's not. No, he doesn't know. He doesn't. We are. I stick around level one to three. Yeah, he. <laughs> we were talking with uh, David down Australia. He's like, level limits. What are you worried about? Who gets the sixth level? And we're like, Yeah, that's right. Well, people would like to get there. No, I think Holmes Basic had it right. You yeah. get to level three, that's and you're like, that was great. Let's that's start it. again. Start over. Let's start over. Right. I don't do level limits in my game either, but a lot of my characters, if you, what's you happening? Look at, I know, but if you look inside the Dungeon Master got or not player's handbook at level what is it nine for druids, they got to go take on other druids, and they yeah. got all these responsibilities they've got to do. It's like very set up a yeah, sacred no, role. yeah, it gets very you know it's it's the Sounds bureaucracy great. and you're becoming sort of an like they have to self-retire these characters yeah. so back to number one they go you know which is just fine by me. You're an administrator, I mean, right? <laughs> They have, to get a, have to get a 360 performance from all their peers to see if they're ready to elevate. If not, then... Right. Yeah, I mean, I need to hire, like, HR. Mm -hmm. I need to hire people to do work. But when you're having hirelings, you're, you're, you're having yeah, people well, do then work. Well, then you get the followers, like, you're you're have followers and everything else. And yeah. it just sort of gets the mundane tasks that they have to do. It's sort of like, well... You got to pay your taxes. You push them off to the side. You know, they've got to set up a fiefdom or a barony or something like that. Goodbye, you're you're because your character is now retired. We got to put another one in. You know, so, and Jeannie's character is yeah. at getting to that point now that yeah. I'm going to have to take her and have a battle against another ninth level magic or ninth oh. level druid, and there's oh. going to be a battle there. Sounds, <laughs> just put her out to pasture. It sounds like she's going to be throwing you some more signs of endearment on one of your. Pages when you take a picture. I was looking through your Facebook. Yeah, can we? Because we did. There's a couple things. Looks like she was throwing you. Uh, she was pointing at you. Oh, you mean the? Uh, um, she's giving me a bundle of these. You that's know, right. These, yeah, that's know? right. Exactly. Yeah. Can you, can you tell us a little bit? So the right. Can you the con? I'd like to hear about the conversation. That you and Jeannie have. Yeah, we, we got ride. off. You got off good. You segued, and now we're yeah, gonna come back to it. Yeah, we started talking about Arnis or so. So the con, the oh. ride home. What was that like? What, so what's the dynamic like when you've killed the beloved player character right. of, oh, of your significant uh, other? Well, as my friend, as a fellow DM, Brett said, yeah, they got to go home together. <laughs> and it's going to be one cold so tell ride. Us. And was and, it? We want to see. He's yeah, not. He's and, just he's talking about what and, others and are speculating to, about. Yeah. I want to I I, know what happened. I try, to, I try to mitigate this by the use of 
the critical hit, critical fail dice, and I make them roll it. I said, oh, well, don't play me. You uh, rolled your fate. Uh, I, I just do this. Is, is that know? what you're telling her on the way home? That's what oh, you're telling yeah. her on the way home? Oh, yeah. I just, yeah, yeah, but oh, you should see how animated she gets when she rolls something with those critical hit, critical fail deaths. I mean, the last time we were playing, she blinded her character. And just, she hits the table. God damn it! <laughs> and very... she's the only female at the table. Every guy's head turned and looked at her like. <laughs> and, and and she's great fun. I tell you what, I I would love to see. Half the table being women, because guess what? When they get animated at the game and they start telling these stories and stuff, it just adds more intrigue, and and this plot line goes up that higher right. and stuff like that. It's just sort of like, oh great, you know, this is happening now. <laughs> well, I, and and you know, looking at your group, I was looking through your Facebook. You have a good mix of people, and I, and and it's not you know a bunch of us sitting there. You've got a nice group of folks, so that's awesome. I mean, that says a lot about. The, the game that you provide again it's it's almost like the hard teacher you know for right. for for pe- who who's invested in giving you a good uh, education and a good experience you want to give them a good experience and people people who are going to want to see that they get drawn to that and it's not uh again i didn't see any malice in your play so i it's a testament because again i saw 12 people around this giant table and again, they all don't look like us. They, you know, you had women, men, different ethnicities, different races. That's 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 awesome. Right. And, and humans. Oh, so just kidding. So, yeah. What would you guys think about this? I'm sorry. This is we definitely. Well, huh? he didn't finish the story about Genie's ride home. He and just said it was cold. He's avoiding it. He's clearly not. Oh. He doesn't. He actually, it was a very quiet ride home. But you looked at me and said, "You know, you didn't have to kill him. Uh. <laughs> kill her." <laughs> I just said, Genie. I didn't roll the dice. You did. <laughs> did she? Did she strike you at any time on the ride home? I, well, I don't think you could. If he announces no, that, that's no, a, so there was no domestic abuse. Yeah, if, if he claims one. that on but, here, but, we have but, to follow that. But it did. Oh, I did, that's why we have an ethical obligation to right. report that. Is what yeah, you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. But I did get the look, which is which is you know when a woman looks at you and okay. you're like. Oh brother, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay for this. You should have, you, you should have rolled your fate dice there, because that sounds like a saving throw versus a paralyzation right. or something. Save yeah, versus that's, death. That's, that's exactly right. I'm sure both of you guys are practice, practiced with the look. Yeah, where, where the look. Woman yeah. just looks at you and you just go, oh brother, I'm that's, in trouble now. That's that's the look James got when he announced to his wife that he was going to be doing a podcast right. every Saturday morning for several hours. to 8 o'clock in the morning. After playing a game Friday night right. until like 1 in the morning. Right, yeah. And then, right. Uh, what do you guys think about this? Because Vic had mentioned about how the future of AD&D is Florida because of all the people moving down here. Yeah. An old folks home that is dedicated to role-playing games, mm-hmm. first edition. What do you think? I like it. We'd all would just live together, and then we would just role play. We'd have games. Oh no, no, no! I can't live with you guys. You, you know, I mean, I, I mean, maybe James not in the and same I could, room. Yeah, I know. James, I think probably <laughs> could handle it. You know, and pumping out ACDC as I'm working That's on right. something. <laughs> exactly. You know, you guys in your classical music will have to be like on the other side well, of the compound you know. or something. <laughs> he 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 knows so little about me. Yeah, Dan is uh, Dan's pretty hardcore. I think uh, I think. Yeah, you're talking about the guy who drove to Sunrise, Florida. That's a long drive. How yeah. long a drive is that from here? It's, uh, it's like, about three and a half hours. So it would be pretty, you know, equivalent to you probably going to 
going to Lake. How long does yeah. it take to get to Lake Geneva from? Five Europe? hours. Okay, so it's a little less than that. It's about three and a half hours for for, for an Iron Maiden show, That's and right. then driving oh, there back. You go. Yeah, we can get back like four in the morning. Exactly. Uh, there we go. So yeah, so that is, right. do, I, well, do I have do I have street cred? Yeah, eighty. <laughs> you got a little street cred. I got a little. <laughs> when you see the little figure here. It's, yeah. uh, you know, he has a death t-shirt that he's, uh... Death. I knew that. I knew, I knew Chuck from death. I mean, not right. well, but, you yeah, know, he's you from Orlando and sure, I saw Chuck from death in the 80s. So, yeah, we'd have to have the heavy metal, uh, wing. What's your, us. what's, do you agree that Safety Dance was, in fact, the best song of the 1980s? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to be alone in this. No. All right, whatever. Um, Dexter's no, Midnight no, Runner, no. Come On Eileen is That's a good one. Right. That's, a, that's, I mean, a, that's a good how one. How dare you? I like that. Come On and, Eileen, The Safety Dance. I think those were the two hits for that band, wasn't it? <laughs> well, uh, Safety Dance was uh, Men Without Hats. Well, and you know, there's a song Come on, the Breakfast Club, Club and right. then Aha. That's, they this had that song. Is that the Grab on took, me? That I always took good. Gan as a flock of seagulls type. You know? <laughs> I had that's the, the hair, hair. And, then it, and then it just that's went. the hair? Yeah. It went, so far, it went so far away off my head. Yeah, so, so this is not my actual hairstyle. I just love flock of seagulls, right. and I'm just stuck in time. Uh, yeah, James, uh, you know, he went through so many, he doesn't have anything left right. up here. But if, there was a bad Aquanet experience years ago, and it just burned off, so... Um, oh, yeah, you're at a rock concert, and, you know, the, the, hey. the old Bic lighter got to it. That's right. You know, okay, so so the, the second concert I was ever at, the first show I was at was Billy Idol with my parents. Oh, there you go. Too. Hey, okay. that's okay. The Steve second Steve one, though, was, was, was Ozzy, and, and Motley Crue opened up, and this is like 80, 84... Probably. Was this after Sundown? you came back from Berlin and saw Indescribable Death and Destruction? No, that was later okay. that I saw I saw them. Okay. So, all right, but enough about that. I see you've written Unearth Arcana. You said the words. We asked him about And it has five it. exclamation points. A book point. that shall not be mentioned. Why is that with you guys? Well, I mean, Gary Gygax put it out. Why, why would it be like the book well, that no shall one's perf not be No one's perfect. No one's perfect. You know? Right. He is, why? He is why? human. To me, okay, so it was Jumping the Shark so to speak. Uh, you know, I did love Happy Day, so that was a good show. So <laughs> to me, Unearth Arcana, it seemed to me, it gave in to the desire for people to power a game. It, it, I mean, look, you talked about level. So the complaints you had at the beginning about 5e and you can be anything you want, it struck me that Unearth Arcana was giving in to that. Right? I mean, look, I don't know a lot about Unearth Arcana. The only thing I know about Unearth Arcana is that it falls apart. Uh, that's right. Because of the binding, and that's all I know. And I have a copy. And it's falling. I bought. I don't know why I bought it, and it's falling apart. You actually and own one. I own one. I, you know, no, because you know what? Have I you to, read it cover to cover? No, no, I couldn't make it very far. But, 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 you know, there are some good things in there. There's some additional equipment that, if you want to know how much it costs, it's in there. But and I do like cantrips. There's but, spells in there. Damn, I know. There's spells. But you know, there's, do you need more spells? I mean, look, do you need more than push? I mean, you got the push spell. Why do you and need mending? And mending. Why do you need more? No, 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 no stop a second. So here, just last night, um, G and I in this game at the source had swapped rings. She needed a ring of protection. I gave her my ring of protection. She gave me a ring of telekinesis. Last night, I was throwing characters <laughs> with my ring of the ring of telekinesis. I was picking them up and throwing them into the water, you know, enemies. And it was like, oh, yeah, hey, here, here you go, ring of telekinesis. Pick them up, throw them. And I was like, all right, I don't have to battle this thing. 
<laughs> I use it to hold a torch and make it look like a ghost going through the hallways, you know? Fun time. So, I mean, I mean, there's things that, like, a push spell is pretty nice. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to push you with my ring of telekinesis <laughs> off the wall. Put, oh, put, hey. put Vic on the push bandwagon. Oh, I'm telling you, incomprehensible death and the push spell. Right, it has to be part of this, it. you got, someone's got to go over something, yeah. right? So, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so for, for me, um, you know, I'm kind of in the middle with Unearth Arcane. I think um, when I was young and it came out, uh, we thought it was amazing because it, in our mind, fixed some of the things that we always wanted, like making fighters more powerful because they could specialize, um, fixing some of the level limits, playing with more exotic what are you characters. Fixing? What is fixing level? The level limits were not broken. Well, from a player's perspective, from a 15-year-old whatever perspective when I was that age, the idea of you know the half-orc only going to X level or... A half elf not being able to play uh, a ranger, or an problem. elf playing a ranger, just didn't make any sense. Right, They're was, in the forest. Why can't they play? A that was explained in Sage Advice. They don't have the we didn't rangers have. are are killers, yes. and and elves have a love of life. They don't have they, they don't they're not bloodthirsty. Except they are, can, the they can be assassins. Are. That is interesting. Is it? Well, you know, Sage Advice. Let's face it. Sage <laughs> Advice is basically sort of bad. You know, sort of. Trying to reconcile it's stuff. The baloney, it's so, the baloney. All right, so touche. Good, yeah. good, good work on that one. But, but don't you? So, so <laughs> when you don't have level limits, though, don't you end up with a party of a bunch of demi humans? I, I don't disagree with the demi humans no, get no, great attributes. You well, know? you don't because at at certain levels for clerics and druids and fighters and rangers and paladins, they all get these hanger honors that start coming and hanging on, and they just sort of you know. Now you've got to take care of them. Your money is getting sapped away and everything else. And you've got so many duties as that paladin. You know, you've got this flock of followers that you've now got to protect. And you've got to set up a keep and everything else. And if you go with the game style that Gary has set up inside the books, you've got a castle to run. You've got a keep to run. You've got a grove to protect and everything else. That's that's taking away from that player's or that character's ability to be in that next module. You know what I mean? Or that next scenario. They've got to go. They've got duties. Like in my game here in Minnesota is you got the eighth level, ninth level. Guess what? You're gone for two months on the calendar. I mean, for two months of gameplay, you're gone. That character can't even be anywhere near it. Now, because they're off training. So every week, you you know, for every level, you've gone a week. And you also got to pay a bunch of money and this and that. So it's, it's you are, there is so much you are gone. You've got to do different things. You've got different obligations. So it's basically your self-retirement. That character is self-retiring. And if you want to keep playing, you have to go back to first level and start a new character and sort of work them up to that point. Right. But you know, you've got that. And I don't know why more DMs don't use that right. to retire off these characters that are gotten so powerful that it's like, yeah, the game's not gotten any much funner with these guys. But this is your power as a dungeon master to go, hey, you've got to go back to your keep. Uh, you can create a scenario that, uh, yeah, your keep's having getting raided by orcs or whatever, the lands that you're, you're bequeathed or whatever, you know, you've got to go take care of this number and 
get rid of them. You know, right. it, it, or actually, I call it the jump, gentle push. You know, <laughs> you push them out of the way. You know what I mean? Well, and, well, and dungeon masters should use that more often. I, I, but I see these dungeon masters. I see the dungeon masters go around and they go, "Oh, I'm a 15th level druid. You're a 15th level druid." If you look in the book on Earth Arcana and and everything else, and you look at the information, you shouldn't even be around. You should be like walking the planes of yeah. somewhere else and doing something and, and taking care of all these other druids that are below you that, you know, you've got 14th, 13th and all those other druids that you've got to be mentoring and everything else. Um, the same with uh, a, an assassin. You get up to 14th level, that's the master assassin. Well, guess what? You ain't going to have time to be sitting there going, taking jobs to go kill things. You've got to put up a keep. You've got to, you know, you've got to have that, everything else. So there is a time when those players should be out of the game. I mean, they should just be gently moved out of the game by the dungeon master by saying, oh, well, you've got all these responsibilities now. You can't do nothing. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not around for these adventures that's it. And that's what accurate timing playing is. When you have the like the Greyhawk calendar in front of you, you can sort of figure out the, the months and the days and say, no, you, you're not back. I mean, I just did it with Jeannie and um, the Blue Dragon. She wasn't back when the Blue Dragon attacked. Her druid wasn't. But she showed up a couple days later, and she's looking at all this evidence, you know what I mean, of this where this Blue Dragon had crashed into this village. And she's like, she's like, oh, you know, because she was out doing eight weeks of training or seven right. weeks of training, she couldn't be there for this encounter. You know, so so what? So what? So what does Jeannie do in that case? Where she has another character. Everybody oh, okay. in, my, in my in my in my group has two characters. One's usually low level, and one's their high level character. Okay. And so so there, I, I sometimes I'll have as many as uh, I think I think the most I've ever had is eighteen player characters i'm running them all at once you know what i mean and they're and they're, we're going through the game here wow. i mean there's a lot of first level characters in that group and then there's maybe five or six high levels you know and that's how we went through g1 is that we had all these little ones that i mean i killed a bunch of them little first level characters second level characters and i killed a couple of the big ones you know and but we went through g1 they made it i mean it nah. doesn't the i mean if you look at a module, it's a, it recommends it's recommended for from whatever level to whatever. It's like eight to twelve or something like that. Yeah, something like right, that. Right, right. But for every level you have in there, for every character you have, is is you know you're you've got to sort of figure out that do they have enough power? You know what I mean? There's eight fighters. You know. They're all different levels, and you know you got four magic users, two clerics, a druid. You know, and you're all you're all going into the G1. All right, well, you pretty much will figure out they got enough power to get power through this. You know what I mean? Right. So, so okay, um, I think because uh, so, that's interesting. Like you basically use the second character like their hireling or their henchman, mm -hmm. and you you force that out. I, I I think you know back to Unearth Arcana again as a player, I liked it. I think as a DM, just using specialization, because that's the one that all the fighters want, and I've limited it to just fighters. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, I don't let, Rangers are already powerful enough. Um, fighters kind of get the short end of the stick. They, from an experience point, they're very close to Rangers. 
you know, one needs two thousand, the other one needs twenty two fifty. Rangers can do a hell of a lot more stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, why, I, why do you? But why do you need? And again, I'm talking about stuff I really don't know about because I don't use on a on a Canada, but UA. But you, the fighters have the best to hit chart, right? Yes. I mean, right. It start. I think it starts equal. Right. Clerics, maybe, right? Clerics mm -hmm. and fighters are the same first level, but, but they then, progress which is faster. But, but then they advance more rapidly. And and I think the the DMG at the bottom even says that you can actually right. go and a little bit quicker, right? Or do you don't right? have to wait every two? You could go five percent, right? Usually. Right. Yeah. So why do you need weapon specialization? I mean, aren't fighters already at an advantage? Oh, I love weapon specialization. Right. I use it as every a dungeon master. I just one of my guys is a bowman. He yeah. uses a bow all the time. Well, guess what? I make sure every enemy closes in on them as fast as possible, humanly or monsterly possible, so that they get within, you know, melee range, so that, oh, there goes their bow, they're now fighting at negative four or negative two or whatever, you know, because they've, they've, they've sacrificed their, their use of that sword, you know, oh, well, now they're, now they're sitting right on top of you, pounding the crap out of you, you know? <laughs> yeah, you don't get the... If I mean, if if monsters feet, are yeah. not immune from figuring out what the greatest threat right. is. Yeah, they I mean, they're the, just not. I mean, a lot of dungeon masters right. just play like, oh, well, it's right. just way it's going to grow. Not me. I, I know right. they're not immune to that threat, so right. I purposely run those guys, you know, I purposely move in the monsters as fast as right. I possibly can to get them into believe, you know, fashion. So yeah. the uh they yeah, they love specialization until they meet the uh 4th or 7th level drow because uh, all in, in, in the G series where there's drow, if they're a fighter, they're specialized. Why wouldn't they be specialized? So if you if you're specialized, so are they. Mm -hmm. And you know they have two plus two short swords. You know elven dark elf short swords, double specialized in short swords. You know they naturally have they get no penalty for to a weapon. They're getting attacked four times. All of a sudden, holy crap! I don't like this specialization. Yeah, well, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. The, right. The, so back to your question of. When you look at the fighter, ranger, paladin, if we just look at the three, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes, in the game, the experience points is less for a fighter. But when you look at the difference between a fighter and a ranger, for that extra 10% cost to be a ranger, mm -hmm. you get so many more abilities. So why mm -hmm. would you... In other words, because but, 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 but I always felt that the subclasses were spent. You've made your roles. So right. it was hard to sometimes make the roles to be. So if you made the roles at the outset, well, that's true. But then you most get people, to be the better if, you just you are better. If you're using four d six, you can you can typically get that, typically. And then if you use the Gary mm -hmm. Gygax rule in the beginning of Player's Handbook, that at least should have two fifteens, uh, not a rule, but the suggestion. Well, so that but yeah. the mm -hmm. thing is, all things being equal, if you have the skills Clearly. to go to each of them, yeah, I agree with that uh, you would you would be a ranger at a minimum and a paladin. At that. Now, 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 you may not want to be a ranger pal because you have to be good. Right. Right. So a paladin, it's the Spider-Man thing, right? With a, with great mm -hmm. responsibility or great power comes great. Right. So the paladin is burdened a lot, right? So running a paladin. Well, if you play it the right way, I agree. Yeah, and if the DM makes you play it the right way, right? The paladin has to go by a very high code of honor. And it's not easy to play. And and, and oh, I love I love it when it, when a paladin's in the group because guess what? Then then they got this moral quandaries. You know, you got they, the you got the chaotic neutral guy that's going crazy over here. Does the paladin have to go stop him? Or and that, and that should that should only be for one adventure, right? I mean, if you're playing it by the book, the paladin yeah. is only going to adventure with non good characters for one adventure. So I mean, I guess my thought in this is is that there are things built into 
one E without Unearthed Arcana that mm -hmm. there's reasons. It's not everyone's not just going to say, "Oh, I want to be a ranger," because look, now you got to be a good. Not everyone wants to be a good character. Not everyone wants to be a paladin. You also have to get the scores. If you are a paladin, everyone else in the party has to be good. They're uh, probably. Everyone's gonna be unhappy about that because they want to be chaotic neutral. So I guess my thought is there was enough built. Like I, I played without Unearthed Arcana, and I've never. I mean, I look. I'm playing. I sound like I've been playing for thirty years. I've been back in the game for, for two years. So it's like the kid who's ten and said, "My whole life, That's I've right. always wanted this." Yeah. So, but I've never had a situation where we didn't have fighters. Um, you know, so I just I haven't seen it where there's a dearth of fighters when you're not using it because of lack of weapon so specialization. I, I, and as you say all this, and I appreciate it, but as you know, I, I inherited your campaign. Oh, okay, and yeah. All, all and right. all of them have specialization that you and Ed allowed. Oh, I don't remember that we allowed, no, I, we did. Uh, you did. We allowed weapon specialization? Oh, absolutely. Well, okay, did. so yeah, so fair, fair point. Yeah. Um, it's it's it, fun it, how you're throwing rocks that right, I had to exactly. inherit all of course. this. <laughs> Level I limits? I None. forgot. I forgot. Yeah. Well, it's sort of okay. a, right. I forgot. I forgot that James inherited my group. So he's keeping me honest. Yeah, but I had to build. Uh, look, so Vic will Vic will support me in this, and I know you will now too. It, you don't just build. A, you don't just build it and they come. Forget that movie. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mm -hmm. work. You've got to work hard to build the group. And so you know when the players showed. Ah, maybe this is a mistake, but when the players showed up, I remember this quite well. I don't forget these kind of things. Right. They all. And I'm not going to let you. We actually, you know, we actually sort of did build it a lot. Came so the very first game we ever had two years ago, like eight or nine players showed. I can't remember. And it's people on the Borderlands, and they said, "Are you going to play for level limits?" And I'm realizing I'm fortunate to have eight or nine players, or seven, eight. I don't know. Show up. I I need to. Make them happy. And so, yes, in order to, I was playing the long game. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the long game me. is you. <laughs> I was the short game. Right. I'm like, the dwarf paladin is yours. Right. The elf ranger so, so this is, is yours. So, yeah. so, first of all, not even forget about Unearth Arcana. Uh, paladin, you know, you could be There's an no elf rules. Now. It's a dwarf paladin. Oh, and an elf, and an elf, oh, oh, and an oh, elf oh, ranger. Oh, so, so she would get the rip up right there for me because what's a dwarf paladin in first edition? Yeah, but what was funny about it was they had. What do you did you have the war goat? Yes, he has a war goat. I love it. Yeah, that at least is entertaining. So at least there's a sense of humor. I think is that so. As a, a sense as, of humor. As, I, I, if I remember right. I remember reading an article somewhere about the possibility of dwarves having. Uh, goats or hogs or boars as riding animals. Yeah, I just don't remember why where not? in Dragon Magazine I read that. Well, kobolds ride boars, right? Right. So why? Not? This is my thing with Unearthed Arcana, and I think I mentioned this before. Is I a lot of that because people will point out, well, a lot of that came from Dragon Magazine. The Dragon Magazines that were out before Unearthed Arcana, of course. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, yeah, I like Dragon Magazine. But, but the difference then was that it was all optional. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, we can debate if Guy Gex wrote it, did he have to use it? Was it, was, was it canon? But it was optional. So the baseline was it's not in the game, and I as DM have discretion to use it or not. So when the players say, hey, can I be an archer? And I say, well, mm -hmm. you know, no, I don't think so. I want to stick with the normal classes. I had, to, if I could fall back on, it's it's not required. Now, when it's Unearthed Arcana, 
it's the flip side. I've got to explain why I don't want to use, you know, why you can't be a Snurf Evelyn. Um, and I'm the bad guy. And so, I don't know, may, maybe... I, I, yeah, I get your point. And, I, and so what I've done is I've, I've allowed certain things, and just like Vic has allowed certain things, um, and I allow them to discover some of the spells as opposed to rolling on the table to do that. So Well, you know, in tonight's game... Let, let, let's go ahead, and then I want to give In this Vic afternoon's the last game, because, you know, I'm running Tomb of Aether in the Dam this afternoon at yep. 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock. Uh, there'll, there'll be an elf cleric. So you just—I have a lot to admit. I'm such an honest guy. It's a one-off. What's you know the what harm? the word hypocrite means? I'm you a hypocrite. Literally... What's the harm? It's a one-off. So, 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 Vic, I'll give you the last I'm word because we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Well, we made we found out two hours. Holy smokes! I mean, I figured we could go three. And, and you know, and you know what the good thing is, Vic, about your closing statement here. Feel free yeah. to say anything you want. Don't worry at all about what you're about to say. Because just get edited out. No, no. <laughs> hey, we're, we're live streaming this. No. Hold on, let me see. no one is listening anymore. Oh, yeah. We have no listeners by this point in the podcast. So I like how we'll get like 197 listeners for a podcast. We have. And we'll have like two likes. Five people online. Oh, you Uh-oh. can actually tell this. That's no, right. None of them are my players. No I'm one called the Gronkhan. Huh? It's five. Can someone, no one has any, if you call in, if you have a final question for yeah. Vic, call the Grog line. We have a Grog line, Vic. That's right, we have a Grog line. Only one person has ever called, and he's actually a member of our group. Well, someone from, uh, well, the Viceroy of Australia texts that The number. text, well, okay. Doesn't so, that so count? the Grog text line. Right. So if you have a question for Vic, you have a final few moments, you can call in. That's right. Oh, Vic. 407-476-6779. Oh, and Vic. 407-476-6779. Yep. And Vic, do you have in your DMG, your old DMG, do you still do you have a name in there of an old user that you'd like to try to reconnect your yeah. book with? Because we have uh, actually, I purchased all of mine from guys that quit the game. Yeah. I so mean, if there's a name in there and you want to look, because we have a project where we seek to I, reunify. I, I, every, guy, every person I've ever bought the collection from, their collection from, I've always invited them to my game. I, every single one of them, I, I gave them my number. I said, if you ever want to play, give me a call. That's awesome. And wow. So, I mean, they gave up the books for a price, and I just told them, if you ever want to play, come on and play. You oh, know so you I mean? knew the buyer. So it was yeah. it was a right. face-to-face. I got you, face-to-face deal. So, all right. Yep. I don't think I bought much online besides maybe uh, – Manual of the Planes. I bought a couple manuals of the Planes online because they are rare. I mean, finding a manual of the Planes is, you know. What's, what's this? What are you doing? There's one over here, Manual of the Planes. Oh, okay. I thought, what is this? James, you've brought up on the screen that our listeners can't see and right. our viewers can't see for that matter either. Does this suggest that we have three people currently listening? That's right. Yes. We have a peak of five. That's and our right. average duration that they will watch or listen is nine minutes? Right. Well, probably two just bail. But see, here's, here's three We're down people. to four. We're right now. We're at, we're at four. We have four I wonder, concurrent I wonder if users. one of them's Genie. Yeah, one of them's Genie. And, right. And, and do we, the three of us count. No, we don't so count. We're, we're not on four. it. We're not on it. This is not okay. us. So we have four other people. In the entire world, who are actively watching this? Yeah. Wow! I think I'm, Sweet. Don't I think forget, we got to rate at the end. We got to. Oh yeah, we got to rate this. So your last word oh. on, and the only reason we're cutting it off, uh, Vic, we we'd be happy to keep going, 
But Dan's got to get ready for his game. He's going to be getting ready oh, soon. Yeah, so, I, yeah game oh, you know, you got, he's got that legal pad there. You know, he's, he's got to write 50,000 notes on it for his... <laughs> And all of it's gonna, all of it's gonna go to the wind. I don't know why he just doesn't have a trash can right next to him exactly. when he's playing. Exactly. He'll just rip out the pages, drop it in there. <laughs> oh wait a minute! Hold wait, on. What? Go ahead, keep oh, going. Well, uh, can I? I want to mention too because we talked about the incomprehensible death segment, which hopefully people will will send in their characters to die in incomprehensible. Oh, death. David was texting us. Oh, I've just missed his call. He actually called? Yeah, he tried to call All right, in. well, you're trying to hook up with our Viceroy uh -oh. in Australia. I also want to mention another segment we plan on having, which is our In Memoriam segment. Uh, if okay. a character of yours has died and you want to send us, you can just send us a copy of the character sheet, send it to us, and we will start a character graveyard here at Grog Talk, and we'll talk a little bit about your character, show our respects. You can let us know how the character died uh, to honor uh, your character and is there a fee? Is there a fee for that? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, it's gonna be a free. Well, it's be part, well, no, it's gonna be part of the Patreon that we're gonna do. We're gonna set up Patreon. Gold, the gold, the gold. Well, gold member, the you know what I member, do? Copper member. You know what I do with all my old uh, my my players when their characters die and they hand me the sheets? I start making stacks of them. I got a good stack. And one of these days, I'm gonna have a dungeon where they walk in and their old characters come back to life and try to kill them. Oh. <laughs> their new characters. <laughs> maybe we all. Maybe you just make them like an undead army. You should do that's a module. What I'm doing. Yes. That's what I'm basically doing. They're gonna walk into the like the planes of whatever, and they're gonna have to battle their 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 old characters. So, so I need a shout out to David, our viceroy of Australia. He's online. He was texting us through Skype, and I, and of course, I was enraptured in our conversation. So hello to David. Uh, welcome. He's a hardcore uh, friend of ours, and um, oh yeah, he he's he's got a tip for your module. Well. Uh, Vic, I'm going to ask this. Uh, would you be willing to do an online game? Have you done that before? Would you host? I have, I have never done it, but you know what? If David wants a copy of it in Australia and wants to run it down there for some okay. of his folks, I, I might be able to be persuaded to uh, send him a free copy of PDF so okay. he can... He can, he can run it down there. All right. You know. Well, I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll let us know. And one eventually, too, as soon as it's published, so that he can, he can finally figure out how to beat the, the <laughs> blood axe at the, at the That's right. Red Falls. And, yeah. <laughs> and Vic, tell for our listener, right? So the plan is that this is going to be published, right? And so yeah. uh, what's the anticipated date? And when it does I'm come out, just, how will people I'm be able to find it? I'm just done now. I've got, I think I got most of the artwork done. Now I have to take the mapping. And, you know, I've got the big maps, and now i got to shrink them down and put them in uh, the old, I want to do it the old format, the old Gary Gygax format, where you got the blue uh, mm -hmm. uh, where it represents the rocks or whatever. Yeah, like, like the B1 or B2, right? Like keep right. on the board, yeah. Right, and uh, just print those out and get it in, and then I've got a publisher already i got to just send it to or a printer, and then I'm basically done. What I would like to do is instead of doing a normal Kickstarter is I'd like to get it all published, have a stack of 150, 200, whatever on my desk, and then run a Kickstarter and... Once it gets done, I'll know what everybody gets and mail it the next day. You know what I mean? Just say, here you go. Everybody gets their copies. And it's not like um, waiting a year and a half for a Kickstarter to get done. That way, 
everybody's got their money, and then I can start moving on to uh, the mines at Blood Red Falls and the sands at Blood Red Falls, which are all tied together. Oh, that's great. So there's three modules, and then I've got a bonus one that I'm doing for kids. I'm working on one called, what is the name of that thing? Well, well it involves snow elves. It's, it involves snow elves on, on the island of Staroy. Not, so, not, not ice elves from Roll Ace? No, no, snow elves. Snow elves from uh, the Dungeon Map, or not, Dragon Magazine. Oh, they there's no else in Dragon Magazine? That had to be triple digits Dragon Magazine, I'm thinking. Um, that doesn't sound like an under 100. I'd have to look that up. Okay. Uh, you can. I'll give you well, two well, seconds. I encourage, I encourage our listeners to look for Keep of Blood Red Falls when it comes out. It's a, lot of fun, it's a great adventure, a lot of fun to go through. Uh, so I, I really look forward uh, to seeing that. Well, is that so? You, you've listened to our thing. Uh, so, Vic, what is your suggestion? Suggestion. Or besides, obviously, playing your game when it goes out, do you have a suggestion that would help uh, folks? Uh, it, based on you know, we always give a suggestion at the end of the set, at the end of the show. Yeah, I, I think my biggest suggestion is for um, dungeon masters to, instead of sitting behind that screen all the time to stand up, walk around, and be personable with with their players. And, and I think that, 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 that adds a lot to the game. And, and let your players roll their fates. I mean, it, it doesn't take much. Instead of you rolling it, let them roll it. Just say, hey, you know, here it is. Uh, I rolled a 20. Here's, your, here's the fate dice. Roll it. Tell me what happens. You know what I mean? And be... Be that personal dungeon master. If you're, if you're just a pain in the butt dungeon master and sit behind the screen, uh, you know I've had these guys at Gary Con and Gamehole Con and different places that I've played with, and they, they they sit behind that dungeon master screen, and they sit there and they just roll the dice and yeah, they just oh this is what's happened to you, you know and you know and, and there's just I. Just don't like that type of dungeon master. I think that the dungeon master has to sell the game and keep everybody interested. I mean, uh, when I played with you guys, you know, I was I was purposely, you know, pointing at characters, trying to remember your guys' names, trying to get your feedback and get more going, and and looking for those players that sit there silently and you you know trying to bring them out, you know, of their of their whatever shell or whatever, get them involved. You know what I mean? The, this is supposed to be fun. This isn't supposed to be you sit there and you just go, oh, character six does uh, rolls a dice. I get a twelve. I, I hit. And, you, know, <laughs> you know, it's you know, it's we don't want that. Nobody wants that. I mean, oh. I, I I figured you know that's 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 why you're here. You have to have camaraderie. Have some fun you know make friendships i mean look at you and dan you and dan were you know you didn't even know each other from a hole in the wall before right. you start playing dungeons and dragons yeah and that's what you know that's you've got you've got a commonality now that you guys like to play the game and everything else and and that's that's what it's about it's it's, it's trying to trying to trying to you know make a small group of friends that you know you've got this this love affair for something that was 30 years old, or, you know, it's actually, what's Dungeons and Dragons now? It's, or, uh, at least, well, oh, yeah, at least 40. 45, yeah. if you go to the original. Yeah. 
Right. So, I mean, I mean, this is a friendship you guys, I predict, you guys will be friends for a very long time over this. You know, so you guys might not be, you know, have much in common outside. I mean, uh, no, Dan's, Dan's does his thing, and I don't know what uh, what uh, you no, do. None of us do. You know, He's not right. told us. I'm, in, yeah. I'm independently wealthy. Not. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. If you're independently wealthy, we know your wife has the money. That's right. <laughs> She was very smart, you know, yeah. separate accounts. That's right, know, she, separate uh, accounts and everything else is awesome. Yeah, so this is all his money that he's, he's spending on all this and all these books so, back so here. Did, so did David have a question for me or something? No, or? He, well, he just said, uh, actually, he came up with, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he's very interested in your uh, perspective. And he, he, his, his idea, which was interesting, too, was... Uh, you know, in a similar vein, just wait, you know, poison everyone there. Somehow figure out poison the water and this make it make it a, a mm. poison thing. So mm -hmm. you know, that's what's great about your yeah, scenarios. Yeah. People uh, take it as a challenge, and it's not this one size fits all, which is go in and attack because you've made that very clear. If you do that, it's uh, it's game well, yeah, over. It's a death count. You might as well you might as well just put you know you might as well put bells on your feet and just say, hey, I'm here, I'm gonna die. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Nobody, you know, do you I really want to, do you want to go through a, a sign up for a six hour game at Gary Con to find out you're dead within the first 20 minutes? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've had to do that already at one of the, one of the Gary Cons, I think it was, is that uh, they decided they wanted to do that. And I just said, okay, well then the game's done. We're done. And, so, and they looked at me like, what's going on? I said, I said, well, you guys are dead. Well, why do you say that? Because you decided you wanted to charge out of the building. You know, you're coming to that building through yeah. the portal. And they decided to just run outside in the middle of the day into an army. I mean, 14 guys against 1,000. Let's let's roll the odds here. Are you surviving? <laughs> so I, I, I guess then that's a lot of time in the uh, in the bazaar or whatever it is, the, the Gary Con bazaar. Yeah. Uh, how many times can you circle that thing in six hours, you know? so. Right. Go get some lunch or whatever it is. So, yeah. um, you know, that's a great suggestion, and I think it's uh, hope they fail or save. Meaning, you know, be a more active DM, uh, not just uh, stick by the rules, but participate. Force, you know, it's almost a teaching style, mentoring style. So, I think that's right. that's that's great. Well, um, why do you, nobody likes? Um, I mean, let let's face it. You're here for fun. Right? Right. Why make it boring? You know what I mean? I use I use PowerPoint. <laughs> I use a PowerPoint and I've got slides and so you know. Speaking of that, Dan, I did buy myself a projector here oh. that I was going to eventually nice. put pictures to make it make it more fun. Finding pictures online and putting them up on I a agree wall that, say, you're going idea. through this area and you see this waterfall or you see this door embedded in a cliff yeah what do you do you yeah. know what i mean just sort of something to give the visual like okay or maybe take some dwarvish writing you know you just write out something and then you know watch players write it down because i've done that where i've done puzzles where i'm like i put it in italian and I hand it because nobody knows how to speak Italian at the table, so I hand it out at uh, the table. And I'm sitting there going, trying to interpret this. What does this say? Vic's <laughs> next game at GaryCon is going to be in a black tent. That's right. With like, in Italian. <laughs> with a projector. It's like an opera. Yeah, and people are taking Italian. You're like, it's a black tent, and you hear, see some I lights in Italian. I got to have to be Dorsa's game. Oh. All or, right. You know, you, 
you put it in Chinese or whatever. You can do it just, I mean, just it's just sort of fun. And then you watch them go home and they try to figure it out, like with Google or whatever. Wow. <laughs> well, well, now our listeners can't see. Now, well, we, actually, uh, in the style, uh, uh, we're going to use Vic because he should choose our fate. Uh, so Dan has decided we're rolling a mm-hmm. D10. D10? Well, oh, come on. I'll, I'll roll the fate for you. Well, well whatever, whatever dice you want to roll. Now, listen. Now, before you roll it, hang on. Before you roll no, it, so if, if this is, you're like a one or a two, right. you're not coming back. Right. One or two is garbage. Is you got max damage on my die. You, you got ten? Our listeners, our listeners, no, he rolled the crit die. Oh, yeah. He, our right. listeners are in pain. Right. So and this one, you did self-critted. You self-critted yourself. Oh, well, yeah. We, that's that's we not need, good. We need you to roll a die ten. Yeah. And and this is how good of a show we had. What color? Uh, here at the Cup and Dragon. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just a D10, one being crappy, I did a ten six. being awesome. Six. 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 It's above average. It's not bad. That's Our average show is one point five. I yeah, think. So exactly. It's one point five. We're we're four and a half. Uh, above average, so okay. Yeah. Well, I, I see. I got to run through all of Dan's notes on his page. You, now you can rip that and throw it away, Dan. How much did you use on it? <laughs> we forgot to put Vic under oath. We were, where, what? The the court reporter never showed. The stenographer never showed up to put Vic under oath. None of this is admissible. I don't know what's happened. So. Except uh, for one of my players will probably say something. I saw you this morning at Grod Talk. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. That's right. Hey. Yeah, odds unlikely. We're up to six. Set, almost seven. Six to encourage, seven. Encourage Jeannie to send in her beloved you know, perhaps, Amazon Ranger for perhaps, the uh, In Memoriam right. segment. Yes, In Memoriam segment. Uh, Giselle Silverleaf? Yeah, please. Send her I in. Have, I oh. have that. Well, yeah, you can, ask her to send a copy in. Info at grogcon.com. And let us know how she died, and we'll pay our respects, and we'll get her into the character. Well, Vic, we're going to have to have you on again, because I know you already keep anytime, going. Anytime, gentlemen, anytime. Um, yeah. yeah, Dan's got to get ready for his game, and now he's enthused to murder uh, in horrible ways his, his players. He's I, All he has to mention to a few of them is... Yeah, I just had two hours with Vic, and he's given me, reminded me of some he's, things I need to do. Vic Dorso's an inspiration. <laughs> That's, it was it was a revelation. Speaking to Vic, Vic gave uh, me. Yeah, you're, you guys remember Vic? He was here at Christmas time. Yeah. And he us, uh, what, and right. you know, I just had a two-hour conversation about dungeon mastering with him. Yeah. I got a whole new perspective on this. Yes. He told me I was too soft. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't yeah. killed anyone recently. How many TPKs? Only one? One. What? You're not trying. So And I haven't TPK'd any of my group. Oh, I haven't oh, had, I've had a TPK. TPK yet. Oh, I've had oh, I have mm-hmm. I have killed I think maximum five mm-hmm. in my group at in, in well, one that, that was my TPK <laughs> five. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to have a TPK with Vic when he has ten players. Right. You know that's a bad that's that's not a TPK. That, that's like a that's a slaughter. Right. It's, that's, it's, that's it's like hitting the beach. It's a beachhead assault. Yeah. It's not well, but again, to his point, you do that, that's what you get. So I know Dan's got to get ready I for his game. game. So Vic, thank you so much <laughs> again you, for all your time, and we'll definitely need to get together. And uh, uh, well, I will definitely see you guys. I'm going to try to see if I can work on flights to come down for the Crucible right. or whatever oh. it is. It's Grogcon at Crucible. So I, we've got a room yeah. just for role-playing. Because I know it's close convention. to Game Hall, but so we're hoping to be able right. to, to make both of those. Yeah, that would be great. Right. All right. And then uh, I will be down, of course, at Christmas again, so we'll have to dream nothing, up something for that. Nothing, nothing <laughs> says holidays like a Vic Dorso right. dungeon. 
It's a Vic Dorso Christmas. It's a Vic Dorso Christmas. Wasn't it the Spinal Tap song? Christmas with the Devil? Remember that Spinal Tap song, Christmas with the Devil? Christmas with the Devil. That's what we'll call it, the Christmas with the Devil. Once you get those dates, we'll publish it, and I'm sure people would want to come down and experience it firsthand. You know, come for the sun, come for the sun, stay for Vic and dying horribly. I think that would be great. All right. All right. Thank you, Vic. We'll Thanks, talk Vic. to you later. Uh, All right, I'm, gentlemen. And I'm Goodbye James. The frozen north. Well, not so frozen right now. That's but. right. Well, I'm James signing off for Grog Talk. And, Damn. And we'll see I'm you Victor, next week. So goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. This is Big Abushi Abushi Production. Oh.